Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. And welcome to the 2023 Christmas special of their still time, the AFTN Soccer Show. Broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful, it's getting chilly but not snowy, British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Zachary Anamazenhammer. Hey, it's Har. What's going on, everyone? Nice to see you. Yeah, we're we're recording this in what is now Christmas Eve. We are after midnight. It's another late night record. But it's going to be a usual fun-filled Christmas show. We'll have football chat. We'll have some fun segments. We'll be talking about Christmas with some players from club and country across Canada. And we'll be playing our usual games as well. And continuing our festive 15, three more tracks from that tonight. It's an exciting time. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's, I was going to say it's one more sleep. We are going to go to sleep after we record this. So it's two more sleeps to Christmas. But by the time that this comes out, it'll be one more sleep to Christmas. Are you all set, Zach? Uh, I, I, I have a few things still to wrap, I think. Yeah, but no, mostly ready. So, Hara, are you all set for Christmas? You're over at your mum's again? Yeah, I love the fa la 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 and all the fun activities and getting lots of presents and not sharing stuff with people. It's a good time of the year. We, we finished on Saturday getting just the last of our Christmas food. We're going with Turkey this year. We haven't gone with Turkey for yeah, the, the last few hosting. years. We got the turkey. Uh, my wife's been doing all kinds of stuff. I'm trying to... <laughs> yeah, I'm trying... Uh, I'm trying to move some of the, move some of the stuff uh, in the living room to put up other Christmas, more Christmas decorations. <laughs> moving some, moving some of the Lego out of the living room to put in some Christmas Lego. Oh well, we initially started the Christmas Carol Lego, but what we've oh, decided yeah. to do is we're going to do it Christmas Eve, af- late afternoon, evening, and do it whilst watching a Christmas Carol. Oh, nice. Because one before that Christmas Carol is our big Christmas tradition. We try and see a version every year or a movie version that we maybe haven't watched, ideally. But we don't mind revisiting some of the old classics as well. We haven't got out to any this year because there was none here that kind of really grabbed me. They always have it on 
in Seattle and in San Francisco, Act Theatre Company do it. And I, I just wish there was ones here that did it. I, I don't like when they change it and they have something like, oh, we're sitting it in the downtown east side to, uh, just to try and hit home locally and stuff. I, I like my, my old tra- traditional one. Like with football, you're a traditionalist. I am. I'm a big traditionalist, as well. I'm sure talked about various things uh, over it. The, the darts is now in its Christmas break. That's always a sad time over Christmas. They, they should play on Christmas Day, I feel. If the NFL yeah, could do it, the darts can. Yeah, you, you want to be entertained. I do. Although 49ers are playing on Christmas Day this oh, year, so I'll probably watch that. They used to play football on Christmas Day in the 70s. And then late 70s into the 80s, it kind of transitioned in the UK to like the Boxing Day fixtures. Mm-hmm. But now with TV and things, of course, it's spread out over the whole festive period. Because yeah. like East Fife used to have a Boxing Day game and a New Year's Day game. And then the 2nd of January is also a holiday in Scotland, just because folk get so drunk, I think, over yes, holiday and New Year's Day. So now the games have started to move to the 2nd and it's... it's it's just it's it's not the same. the The Boxing Day fixtures kind of had a special thing. We've talked about it on the show before. We've spoken to players that that's played in it before, but of course, it's always nice to to get that little break. That old time is something that we've got coming up in part four, actually, for a couple of Canadian players. And what's your what's your Christmas dinner going to be this year? We're having prime rib, so I'm pretty jazzed for that. Oh, interesting. <laughs> And I'm doing homemade Yorkshire pudding. Oh, nice. It's my specialty. So I can't be bothered making it. I just get the superstore one that's very cheap. But And uh, for, I just wish people could see this. Har is currently in bed with a teddy bear. It's, yeah. the, it's the weirdest Christmas show we've had. <laughs> it's 12.30, guys. Come on. Yeah, that's true. We won't, we won't keep you for too long. It's the After Dark show. Yes. Wait till she starts taking her clothes off. Oh, no. no, it's cold. I had to put on extra layers. <laughs> it is cold. My car's all frosty. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Got the food in. Once again, I've bought too much sweet stuff and cheese. So oh, there, there's a couple from connected to where I work who every year bring us this like basket of goodness or whatever and they brought it yesterday and we opened it yesterday which is not like as usual usually we keep it for a while anyway the cheese in it i I gotta go find out what kind of cheese it was it was like the greatest cheese i think i've ever had oh definitely find out what i know it was it was so delicious even like you yeah my daughter and i were just yeah thoroughly enjoying my wife loved it my son he's not as big on the cheese but no it was it was it was glorious Love my cheese. There, there's a there's a cartoon called Find Chaffee, and uh, I'll share it on Twitter. And every year, it's like Caitlin's favorite cartoon. It's like the four stages of cheese. And it's like eat cheese, eat more cheese, feel sick from eating cheese, eat, eat more, more cheese. cheese. <laughs> we we when uh, in the, the community of students I work with, when we have a new student, we we kind of ask them a bunch of questions within. The- community we had let other, other students ask them questions and, and in our group and it, it, you know whenever you have a group of people together there's all these little idiosyncrasies that grow and develop in traditions or whatever. So which i love 
Yeah. So one of them is one of them is literally is the question as you're asking this new person, hey, we want to get to know you. What favorite cheese? What's your favorite, your favorite cheese? cheese? That could be our this, new section for next year. And then it, it went to a whole new level this last time. We had a we had a new person like a week or two ago. <laughs> And it was like, okay, what's your favorite cheese? Or the next person's like, uh, what is, uh, they were like a, a gouda or some cheddar or whatever. And then the next person's like, yeah, um, what's your favorite, second favorite type of cheese? And I was like, <laughs> okay, whatever. And then, and then the next student was like, what's your third? That's <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, oh, superb. Well, this year I've splashed out, well, I say splashed out, it was nine ninety nine in a sale um, on a... <laughs> Cheese and charcuterie board. Oh, nice! It actually has. Is the charcuterie cheese. board like reusable? Yes, it's a chopping oh, nice. board, so you just wash it. Uh, nice. it's, it's a wooden board. It's got cheese embossed on it and different kinds of cheeses mentioned on it. So I've thought oh, I've got some salami, I've got some brie, I've got some goat's cheese, I've got a five-stripe cheese. That I think I got in Trader Joe's. It's got five different cheeses oh. in in the one block all kind of put together it looks like it's going to be fantastic so that's basically what we'll be doing from christmas eve onwards it's just eating cheese every year though i i buy all this stuff and then i keep it in a cupboard in a bag and i say to caitlin it's for christmas and she always wants to eat the stuff right away and she's like when does christmas start and it's like christmas eve and she's like but i want to eat it now it's like no christmas eve so then christmas eve comes and then we've got way too much stuff that we can't get through at all in the following week. And then we're eating it for weeks afterwards. So maybe you should start like... Maybe we know, should start a little December, bit earlier is yeah. basically what I'm saying. I, I'm not trying to say that Caitlin is right. I cannot bring myself to say those words because I hear her listening in the landing just now. She's <laughs> just got out of bed, probably from me laughing loudly about cheese. But... <laughs> if you are listening up there, honey, yes, you were right. We should have started eating all this stuff a lot earlier especially because mm -hmm. at Easter they had Terry's chocolate oranges and after eights and stuff that had a use by date into 2024 so I bought them half price after Easter why so do I have a feeling like you're going to edit out the part where you said <laughs> called Caitlin right <laughs> I, I, it's Christmas I'll leave it in but yeah, we'll have Christmas chats throughout the show. Maybe not as Christmassy as some of our other ones. We're not playing Christmas songs this year because Spotify took a bunch of our old episodes down because they got oh, hit with yeah. copyright for Mariah Carey and stuff. I think I, maybe her. I can just pretend that I'm her. I'll wear a sexy Santa suit or something and sing the song. I, mm. I was going to play the Crackpots Christmas single. That is our good friend Mr. K going under a different name to try and sell songs. Whereas his expletive ones made the top five last year, this heartfelt thing about how good Christmas is and Christmas have passed hasn't had the same impact. So I think that says a lot about the UK record-buying public. But yeah, we'll be talking Christmas, but we'll also be talking football as well. But let's kick things off with our first Christmas segment. Mm -hmm. He's a former white cap, came through the academy, the current captain of Vancouver FC and a CPL Championship winner with Pacific FC. Let's see what it's like at Christmas time in the Callum Irving household. 
What mm-hmm. what's Christmas like in the the Irvin household? Is it a big occasion? Christmas is yeah, I'd say it's a pretty big occasion. Uh, we do things with both my dad and my mom's side of the family separately, so we have a few different Christmases, and um, we do a gift exchange, uh, or not a gift exchange, but like uh, you you draw two different people, one for a small gift and one for a big gift, and uh, that basically just varies up who's buying each other's gifts. It lightens the load financially, and it um, puts a limit on it, so we're trying not to go crazy spending a bunch of money on each other during Christmas and more just have it be, we each get a few things. So it's still Christmassy with the presents, but mostly it's just about spending some time together and, uh, and uh, maybe watching a Christmas movie or two on Christmas Eve and then uh, enjoying some, uh, some good food. So yeah, it's a good time of year. If you could get one football related Christmas gift under the tree this year, what would you like? Maybe the Man United jersey from the uh, 99 Champions League final. Oh, signed? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I need it to be signed, but just I just love the uh, the old United kids. I have a uh, 96 uh, to kind of 98 home jersey that uh, I wore to the game one time. And, uh, yeah, I just love the old Umbro stuff. And uh, I just, yeah, big fan of old football kids. So oh, something yeah. like that would be nice. Me too. I, I don't think like you'll even know this like 95 <laughs> my team east fife played uh-huh. man united in a testimonial game really and alex ferguson brought the full man U team so it was like beckham skulls um bruce like everyone gigs gigs yeah, they were all there and mm. it was it was just the season that they all broke through so this was in the summer and it was just such an amazing experience just to see all those guys That's wild because the guy that the testimonial was for had been his coach in Aberdeen way back years before. So he wanted to do him justice. And there's no video footage or anything of the game. It's just absolutely... One of those gutted. you had to be there. Yeah, it was fantastic. A Callum Irving Christmas Day are kicking off our Christmas festivities and we're going to kick off the football chat now, you'll be glad to know. In this part, we're looking at the Whitecaps, MLS, News of the Week, or some of it. We'll talk about the draft in the next part and the big US Open Cup standoff that's going on just now. But in this part, we're going to talk the Whitecaps schedule is out. Mm. I think for many people, Christmas has come early because forget Santa Claus coming to town... Messi's coming to town, and uh, that's got a lot of excitement in the local football community. It has. And amazingly, we called it on last week's show. Shocking, that. Shocking. I I don't know how. I just random thought. I said, I I predict he's going to come here in May. Were you hanging out with some monkeys and some typewriters, Michael? (laughs) I I maybe was. I was rubbing my crystal balls, and it came through... No, no, I, I was referring to the MLS schedulers. Remember, that's a call. Oh, back. no, I know that's what you were talking about. Oh, okay. I was rubbing the monkey's crystal balls as no. well. But, yeah, Messi is coming to town. Maybe. Pending injury. And I think Messi's, not, club is, Messi's club is coming Messi's to club town. is coming to town. Yeah, Messi's club is coming to town. Luis Suarez now yeah. officially in it as well. Not a fan. Yeah. Suarez, but what what an occasion to, to, it's going to be! You have to wear a toque or something that covers your ears when he comes. Maybe I oh, something around my neck. Oh yeah, it's the neck. <laughs> <laughs> one of those, those kind stuff. of like neck guards. Yeah. 
Snoot, not snuff. Snoot, the snoot. Yeah, no, sn- yeah. snuff you stick up your nose. I don't know what that is. Oh, snuff is a... It was big in Victorian times. It was like a snorting tobacco. Hmm. Very weird. But we'll get to the messy bit of the schedule shortly. But looking at the rest of it, the, the Whitecaps have a bye week that in the opening strange, weekend. Does it, it is does. That to help them, is that to help them with preparation for the Champions Cup, maybe? Or something maybe they requested? No, the Rugby Sevens is on at BC Place. Oh. <laughs> but it's silly. They don't have an away game. <laughs> no, which they did last year. But I think... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Someone had to have a bye week, so it turned out yeah. it was us. But it's, it will actually potentially help them if they can get past Tigris. But that's then a big if. If it doesn't, they're going to have quite a big gap before their first MLS game in March. Well, but it does, yeah. I guess it does, in one sense, I know there's weeks there or whatever, but it does help them not, they don't have to think about that, right? Like yes. It's more, they don't have to think about it for a while. So it's not like that's in the back of their minds, right? That shouldn't be nowhere in their minds. Yeah. And the season, it's kicking off earlier than it's ever kicked off before. Mm-hmm. February 21st, Inter Miami hosting RSL for Apple TV, Kel Um, And then the February 24th is the, the first round of matches. At the time of recording this, unless anything has changed, which I'll just have a little check about that. Yep, still TBD for all the Whitecaps kickoff times because the club are still negotiating. They want some early kickoffs uh, to, as we spoke last week, to allow fans to come over from the island, the interior, families, get some afternoon games. The messy game, could it maybe even get switched to the, the Sunday from the Saturday? All that can still happen because the tickets aren't on sale yet. That's another thing we'll, we'll come to shortly. But mm-hmm. yeah, the Whitecaps do have a buy in the opening weekend. Throughout the regular season, the Caps will play every Western Conference team home and away with an additional match against Portland at home and Seattle away. So still ramping up those Cascadia derbies. The Whitecaps will also play six Eastern Conference teams. Home matches against Charlotte. First time ever that they'll have played Charlotte. So Scotty Arfield mm-hmm. coming to town. And their new coach, former Villa manager, Dean Smith, who mm-hmm. definitely want to have a chat with, actually. Very interesting guy. I had some interviews with him and would look forward to having a chat with him before that game. TFC, John Herdman and all, will be coming to BC Place and into Miami. And then three away games, New York Red Bulls, New England Revolution, and CF Montreal. New England, a couple of things. Dead Bull New York, or Dead Bull New Jersey, has, uh, will be having uh, Dead Bull Leipzig's Emil Forsberg in their squad because he's uh, made the, uh, I think, the January transfer. He's ending his time at Leipzig. Oh. Uh, and he's supposed to end his career. After he ends his career, he's supposed to stay in the Dead Bull system. I think he go back to Leipzig and work somewhere off the field. So that he he he's I think thirty four. So he he's, he won't be the quickest player, but he will. There's potential for him to do some damage in MLS. And the New England Revolution are now coached by one Caleb Porter, right? Yes, that's kind of interesting. That kind of came out of left field as well. I think everyone had forgotten about Caleb Porter. Well, I had yeah. maybe not everyone. I had and, so. <laughs> and I think a lot of people have forgotten about New England Revolution too. So it's kind of a good match. 
And then I, Montreal is wait, who's Montreal's? Is, they have, are they hired? No, but Pamaduka right. was apparently right. interviewed for it. So fingers crossed. I mean, I we love Pa. Be great to get in the calls with with Pa again and and chat to him. So in, interesting games, interesting schedule mm. as well. So the Whitecaps 2024 schedule sees 15 of 17 home matches played on Saturdays and two on Wednesdays. The Whitecaps will have two three-match road trips as well as two three-match homestands with one four-match homestand this year. So no big seven games on the road, thankfully. From April the 20th to July 13th, the Whitecaps will play 11 of 15 matches on the road. Following that stretch, Whitecaps FC will conclude the regular season with 8 of 12 matches at BC Place from July 17th to October 19th. So, very, very different from last year, Har. We'll, we'll talk about the Miami game very shortly, but aside from the Miami game, what do you think of the schedule this year? Wait, wait just a second. Can, can you go over that just a second, just from the top? Seriously? No, I'm just messing. Oh. <laughs> oh, God, this is going to take so much editing. It's going to be out on Christmas Day. So, Har, then, what do, what do you make of the schedule? Yeah, it's a really good schedule. No long road trips, not too much travel to the eastern time zone, uh, a lot of Saturday home games. I think it's a fairly good schedule. I'd be pleased with it if... I was a Whitecaps. I was expecting maybe a, a star-studded opponent for the first home game, but I guess Charlotte was due to come here anyways, and you got uh, Messi. So, yeah, it's a pretty awesome schedule. Where's a star-studded opponent? Scotty yeah, Scott Arfield's Arfield. coming. Who? <laughs> You've forgotten Scott Arfield already. Well, Ca- Canadian I'm legend. I'm more excited about Jake. How can I not mention that they're coming in June this year and I don't have to wait till October? That's pretty big. There is a couple of things about the schedule that is not great. Charlotte is nice for a home opener because we've talked about before. You're, you're going to sell tickets for the home opener anyway. So maybe mm-hmm. save the bigger teams like t- Toronto or something for a bit later. I, I was disappointed that for the 50th anniversary game, oh, yeah. that it's not San Jose. Now, I know San Jose is not a sexy opponent, but May 5th, 1974, Whitecaps' first ever game, San Jose Earthquakes at Empire, match on May 4th this year, 50th anniversary game. I was hoping it was going to be the Earthquakes. It's Austin instead. That's maybe my only gripe. Would you, but a question for you. I think I messaged you about this, Michael. Would, would you want to play San Jose every five or ten years on that weekend? Because, I mean, that they played them 10 years ago in the 40s. Yeah, right? I mean, I know it's, it's, not, I mean, it's not a bad just, thing. It's not a bad thing. The 50th anniversary, I just think it's a nice, it would be a nice touch. Do you remember that day where they got dressed up, all the staff were wearing 70s gear or whatever? Yes. Yeah, I hope, I think they'll do something different this time, right? Well, we're, we're, we've spoken, like, next year in the show, we're going to be bringing back the spirit of the 1970s. It's going to be anything uh-huh. that was acceptable in the 1970s will be on the AFTN Soccer Show. So the show's show's ending then, right? Yeah, that's that's the last year of the show. Would it be May the 4th, like Star Wars or some nonsense? Oh, yes, maybe. Maybe Darth Vader will come out with Stormtroopers and Spock 
and fight each other. And I think there should be Batman that comes up. Yeah, get Batman as well. I think we've lost He'll the kick- 50th anniversary theme a little bit here. But will um, kick off with Batman coming up. Yeah. The, the big game, of course, in May, Inter-Miami are coming to town. Except, I think we can break the news now. Sadly, there is an origami and papercraft expo on at BC Place that day. And not only is Yohei Takaoka not able to play in the game because he's a big fan of origami and he wants, he's got his tickets already for that, mm-hmm. Prince George is now the venue to take on into Miami because Pacific FC's got a home game that day. Yeah. That's, that's devastating it's news. Real shame. Devastating. Oh, yeah. Lord. No, into Miami are coming to BC Place on May 25th. And as we said at the start... You want to see to say that Messi is coming to town hard, but there's not a guarantee that he will play in the game because anything could happen. He could be injured mm-hmm. the week before. He could decide, oh, that's the game I want a rest for. You do feel, though, that there's something in the contract with this, that these are the games that Messi is. Like, if you're fit, you have to play in these. And the games that he's going to miss is going to be either home games or, or Eastern Conference games. I hope he has the mindset that we saw with Giorgio Chiellini, where he wanted to go everywhere, he wanted to play, he wanted to meet and greet with the fans and talk to the media and really promote the league in LAFC. I understand Messi's on a different level. He's the best soccer player ever, I would say, on the planet. So there's a bodyguard, there's a lot of obligations. So I think just getting him here to play, and I wonder maybe if he has an injury or if he has a suspension, do you think he comes up anyway just to promote the team and the game and whatnot? It's I, a long I, flight. I genuinely could see him starting on the bench on a game like this because it is a turf pitch. Now, he has played on turf mm-hmm. and he said, I'll play on turf and, and things. But, I mean, Zach, it, it, as long as he comes on, the fans will be happy. But it's going to be it's going to be both a spectacle and a circus. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember 2007, Michael, right after you landed on these shores, there was a friendly with David. David I was at that, yes. That, so his, was I. It, it got what? pushed a month. Yes. Because he had an injury. Yes. And so you can do that with a friendly. You can't do that with a league no. match, right? So it, it's going to be mean, interesting. I mean, fingers how- crossed he's healthy and good to go. But, I mean, th- th- this is the problem the Whitecaps have and other teams as well. You want to market it, but... What happens if he then doesn't play in the game? You're going to have but, I mean, a lot of angry and upset fans. Yeah, but, but you've already got their money. But yeah. people can be angry and upset, Michael. But if you get, I mean, assuming that uh, any kind of injury or non-appearance is legitimate, mm-hmm. right? Not like a Thierry Henry, like, oh, he hurt his toe in training this week. He's not coming uh, or whatever it was with him back in the day. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Assuming it's legitimate. No, like no, no. This is sport. Everyone should understand. Like the, the Whitecaps, in 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 promoting this and selling this, they shouldn't have to tell it. Like be everyone. Oh, by the way, this were uh, he could obtain an injury that would prevent him from playing. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. So you're right. I've seen lots of comments already of people like, oh, well, it's Vancouver, so obviously he's not going to show up. Obviously he's not going to play, or he's going to come on as like a. I mean, some people say, oh yeah, he'll come, but. He'll play the last 10 minutes and it'll be like, you know, kind of redonkulous and whatever. Like all He'll these play at things. least the last half hour, but hopefully 
I mean, he's going to start. I, I, genuinely, hope, I, hope the, like, I hope for them he does too. I, I hope. Yeah. I hope this is a time where it's like, no, this is like, like maybe like a, like Har said with someone like a Chiellini where it is a very positive experience and uh, it goes well both for the club and, and promoting and selling tickets and season tickets. And, and hopefully when he, when he, hopefully he comes and he plays and it's a, overall positive kind of experience and for the for the white caps you ultimately they hope that like they did a number of times with people like beckham they you hope they beat him julian gressel i don't think he'll be receiving a positive experience from the fans if he's in a miami kit playing at bc play that's an interesting one his returns overshadowed but the thing is, like with Garber's comments about we're wanting to make sure that teams that haven't played Miami will get Miami and stuff, it, it's pretty much these away games are the games that Messi is going to play in. I, I, I don't think there's any question about that. And it's maybe some of the Eastern Conference teams that play in turf that he won't go and play at that. Won't maybe go and play at New England or something like that just to rest his body up a bit. Yeah, so but back to Julian. You think Julian's going to get booed or how do you think he'll be received? I... I hope he doesn't get booed because the Whitecaps scored big from that deal. Like they got the fans some good don't money. see that. They just see a player wanting to go back east. But he did so well him. with us as well. He, he was in line for player of the year until he left. And it's like, I, some fans will boo him. But I think, it, you've got to remember as well, for this game, there's probably going to be more non-Whitecaps fans than actual Whitecaps fans. Maybe, yeah, that's true. Because, I mean, we're expecting like 55,000 full stadium, but Har, you spoke to Axel this week and it looks like they're going to kind of drip feed the tickets again, yeah, like they kind of did with the LA. the upper bowl. They want to see what the demand is and then kind of build, oh, we're going to open it a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Kind how can of see there, not, how can there not be demand? No, they want to see, like, there's obviously huge demand. The phones have been ringing off the hook. But they want to see, like, first you sell out the lower bowl. Okay, then you open a little bit of the upper bowl and a little bit more and a little more. A little more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd imagine it's all going to sell out. Yeah. Yeah, but gradually they open up yeah. a bit more. But 55,000, it's like some folk might want to wait until the closest to the time to make sure he's definitely coming. Also, the Whitecaps have to make it clear that if Messi doesn't turn up, you're not getting your money back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... but also, because they haven't, they haven't, the selling hasn't happened yet, right? You no, but these tickets, no. season tickets. Yeah. So, in in some ways, this is clever, but in some ways, they've kind of missed a trick as well because this could have been a hot Christmas present for folk to get a ticket for this game for your family, sure. for loved ones, whatever. It's like that could they could have probably sold out the whole thing maybe before Christmas. But, but there's tiered pricing, right? So these tickets, yes. the single match tickets, are going to be yeah. Quite significantly oh, expensive. They they will be. So the point, point of point point of pushing someone towards getting a season ticket because it's yeah. worth it. So so they want folk to get season tickets. There's people buying season tickets because on some of the Discord channels and stuff that I'm on, there's been people contacted saying, Hey, you're a White Caps fan. Um I've just bought season tickets. I'm selling the whole season ticket apart from the messy game. Do you know anyone that would want it? Here's a cheap price. So yeah. they're already doing that, including some in the GA section, which is not great. Well, the G. Well, there's a problem. I mean, there's a. I've only read a little bit, but there's I've seen a problem. Peter's tweets yeah. about it. Like that's not if if the if the club has gone to the supporters and said, "Hey, 
we are going to sell these as season tickets now and going back on the agreement that was made in the first place that, that would be kept GA so that the supporters have room to grow, new supporters have opportunity to come in uh, and, and a whole other number of things that come along with that. If they're going to change that and make that season tickets of people who might understand what the section is, but therefore limit the ability for the supporters to invite in new people, friends and whatever. Uh, anyways, the way Peter's, uh, and I try, I fully trust Peter because he's one of the people who did the most of the, the heavy lifting along with uh, Jeff Tinker to get the, the proposal made for that section. Uh, based on what he's saying, this is not, this is not a positive move for the Whitecaps in terms of relations with their loudest, in a positive way, loudest and most passionate supporters. Uh, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I was, I was a little concerned for them when I saw that those well, tweets. I'm, I'm also concerned as well that if folk are selling those tickets. That means the one game they're going to is the Messi game, and what happens if they turn up in Messi jerseys? Because we've had this, you're not, no. you're not allowed well, they in the will. section. Right. They will. Well, and the the problem with that is like with the Canada Mexico World Cup qualifier is typically what happens in the stadium is uh, someone shows up and they're in the section and they're in the supporter section with the, yeah whatever shirt they're not supposed to be in. Uh, they're just saying, hey, no problem, you need to move, and they'll move you, and they have space that they can move you into. But if the stadium is sold out, yep. then you have a problem. Yeah. I mean, how do you... Know, is BC Place Security going to actually enforce that? Well, well like, hard, we, hard. We they were have, just they talking have about that the, during the week. They have tons in the past. Like, they have a lot in the past. Yeah, but, th but there's other things, like, Har and me were talking during the week, how many people are going to try and run meters. on the pitch just to get a selfie or something with Messi? We've seen it at so many of these big games. Security yeah, is going to have to be so tight. Have you seen his security guard? Man, he could knock me into next week. He's yeah. huge. Yeah, that, that will be a little bit awkward. No. Well, yeah. it will, it'll be interesting to see what BC Plays does because their approach has not always been the best, as much as I appreciate a lot of people there. Um, their approach hasn't always been the best, and they did that measure where they put up that extra little fence, which is both... I don't think a super deterrent and also then blocks like the banners of the support the supporters. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting what they do for this game and if it is heightened. You think it would be with all if the stadium's full with all the revenue, with all the lead time, there's there's no shortage of lead time for it. It's not like a candidate Christine's. Who, who has to weeks. pay for that extra security then? Well, well but that's that's okay. That that's a fair question, Har. But regardless, you have months what is it, four five months to plan for this prepare yeah. for this I mean, they're, gonna, mm -hmm. they're gonna make so much money on these exactly. tickets exactly. Like, I, I said last week's show like gouge these fans for as much <laughs> as you can it's like if you want to be a Whitecaps fan get a season ticket you can so, see Messi and you can watch your local team well like you said Michael the one problem is because I've heard some people saying this too is okay if they do get these people to buy a season ticket as opposed to the one and then they choose not to show up most of the time. Then yeah. you have these announcements of like, hey, there's 25,000 people at the game today. And you're like, ah, I'm pretty sure it was like below 20, you know? That's and why I say the announced attendance. Yeah. yeah. But they don't do that. They don't do that. But yeah. How hard does that? Hard's her own law. If you not learned that, Zach. <laughs> I fought the law and I won. How many eggnogs did you say you had? Just one, but it was a really big glass. Like, are we talking the alcoholic eggnog, or no, just, just the one from the IGA or whatever? Oh, I thought you'd had a little bit of rum or something in it. I already told you I'm not on the grog. 
I know you told me that. I just didn't believe it. Nice <laughs> earrings you've got. Those, those, that's the earbuds. That's, that's your earbuds. Oh, I, th <laughs> I think I might be on the grog. Yes, I sleep with giant earrings on. Yeah. Anyway, let us know your thoughts. Wait, I had on... another comment about the schedule. Vanny, obviously six games he's going to be missing. So oh, yes. He's back for the LA Galaxy game. If he gets it reduced down maybe to five, then he'd be back for the home game against Toronto FC. So we'll have to see if he appeals or oh. what happens with that. Oh, yeah, you'd kind of want him in charge for that. I hadn't, I hadn't worked out that. Interesting. We can take his shirt off again and see how that goes. <laughs> anyway, let us know your thoughts on the schedule. How excited are you for Messi coming to town? How much are you dreading the circus? That I like that they're going it? to New England. They're going to play in Tom Brady's old house. I'm quite excited about that. That's, that's Caleb Porter's new house. Go. Are you going to go? We'll see what happens. Hmm. So that's it for the scheduled chat. I tell you, someone that's probably going to be excited playing against Messi, Ali Ahmed. What else is he excited about? Biscuits, perhaps? Well, let's find out. Does Ali Ahmed fancy a chocolate digestive? So if you're sitting at home, you want a hot beverage, do you go for a tea, a coffee, something else? Ah, uh, I'm gonna go for a tea. I'm gonna go for tea. I'm not a big coffee guy. Ah. I don't. I don't. I'm not a big coffee. Guy, but I'll go for a tea. Do you have a sweet tooth? A, nah. nah. What would you have with your tea then? For my tea. Mm. For my tea. That's a great question. That's a great question. I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm pretty healthy actually. Like I would probably. I love fruits. Some, uh, oh. yeah. I'm pretty healthy. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with fruits. That's yeah. a good one then. Yeah. Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Ali Ahmed there. Our chocolate digestive section is back. We've got some more fun sections throughout the show. But now, to finish off part one, it's game time. It's the first of our Christmas games. And we're playing the same game in parts one, two and four. It's going to be three rounds of 20 questions. But we'll kick things off with Whitecaps players. So... This round, Har, Zach, we're going to be each given a Whitecaps player to identify in 20 questions or less. And we'll tally the points, we'll carry them over the other three rounds, and whoever has the most points by the end of it all will be crowned the 20 questions champion. So we'll start things off. I will dig out a a player for Zach to try and guess. Then we'll get hard to try and guess one. And then mm -hmm. Zach will pose one to me. So we'll start off with Zach. I will get the details up just now. Good to go when you are. Can you guess which Whitecaps player I am thinking of? Uh, are you a uh, midfielder? Yes. Are you Canadian? Yes. Are you Ali Ahmed? Yes. Wow. That went a lot quicker than I was expecting. This game is rigged. 
That that's eighteen it's, points. It's definitely not. It's definitely not. It's, it's definitely not when you see how he does in the other rounds. Eighteen points for Zach there. That is a slightly tremendous start. So Har, I will get your player up now. Okay, Har, good to go when you are. Is it Ryan Gold? <laughs> you just gotta guess players. No. <laughs> is it Brian White? Yes. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. My so, Har gets 19 points. What a joke. It's okay. She's not going to do well guessing a CPL player. Wow. This is all the pressure on me then. So, Zach has got my player to guess. Okay. Uh, go ahead. I got I got, I got. got it up. This is the white caps. Okay. Go ahead, Michael. Okay. Um, is he Canadian? No. Is he Scottish? No. Oh. Is it Ranko Veselinovic? No. Oh. Is he a goalkeeper? He is not a goalkeeper. Is he a defender? Uh, which which source do you want me to use for that? I was looking this up. Which source do you want me to use for this? Your eyes from watching him play this season. Well, I think different people... like Okay, okay how about this? Can I go from... What his transfer market page says? Okay. Okay. No, go with Wikipedia. <laughs> so, Michael, you want me to go from Wikipedia? Yeah. And can you repeat your question? Is he a defender? Yes. Is it Javain Brown? No. Oh. Is it Tristan Blackman? No. Is he South American? No. We have other defenders? And he's not... Can oh, I did, did I ask if he was Canadian? Oh, no, I did ask if he was Canadian. I haven't been keeping track of the questions. I hope you have. Oh, I have, yeah. I'm I'm not doing well. A defender. You're going to get angry at me on this one, I think. He's not... Is he American? No. Well, I don't... He's not... He might... I don't know. He might have... Like some, a lot of American... Like a lot of MLS players. He might have American... Oh, yeah, but was, it, was he born in America? He's not, no, definitely not born in okay. America. No. Is he Caucasian? Yes. This is a great podcast. Yes. Whack. <laughs> you both Hard's suck like, at your own like I'm so glad I came here for this. <laughs> Bunch of crap. I've, I've, I've run out of countries and defenders. I'm going to kick myself, obviously. Or you might kick but, me. Who knows? Am I allowed to steal for extra points? If I don't get it, yes. Well, how many more guesses do you get? Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I've only had ten. I've got ten to oh, go. There you go. I'm thinking of defenders, and I've totally... I can't think of any other defenders. Did he play for another team in MLS before in, the Whitecaps? Before the Whitecaps? Mm -hmm. That's a great question, Michael. Yes, he did. We're we talking current Whitecaps. Uh, I because that I'm was going... that Wait, was the. I know who it is. I know who it is. I, I like twenty twenty three white caps. I know who yeah, it is. Yes, can I steal? Yes. Can I steal? No, can not I steal? yet. You can't steal. I want to steal. And can we mute hard, please? Can we? <laughs> I like stealing. I'm a Patriots fan. <sighs> Why have I completely blind? Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna miss this. Don't, don't do it. Don't Zach say anything hard. Chit chat thingy. Oh, okay. I'm gonna message Zach in the chat. She's gonna, she's gonna hit all, all instead of message everyone. Yes. Yeah. Don't do Does it. Does he also play midfield? 
Yes. Yeah. Ah. Uh, is it Julian Gressel? It is Julian Gressel. <laughs> Sorry. Very, very you told good. me they played 2023 for the Whitecaps. So. No, that's fine. That's okay. my fault for being an idiot. I very thought he good. had to be active on the team. No, no. No, he said, just he said had played in 2023. Well, I'm still I get winning. eight points there. Oh my! Who's winning the game? You just by guessing random players, but that's okay because you're not going to do well in our next round, which is CPL players. That's my jam. We'll be back with that in part two, as well as kicking off the part with number six in our festive fifteen. Hi, I'm Sam Adekubi, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Everywhere I turn I see nothing but murder and rape Nobody works cause if they sit and sulk enough they'll get paid I think it's safe to say we're done with the days When life was simpler We laughed at mother nature as we denied and crippled her Hates the mistress we doubled down on then tripled her The search for answers left us with more questions than their riddler How's about you riddle me this kids If this is the most advanced that we've ever been Why is it this pish? Everything's a simulated parodied version of his former cell And those who made it happen can rot in hell Praise the machines, practice the ways of the beast Or you can perish in the parish as you pray with a priest To say the least, it is no fair Nothing left but despair Don't even get the butterflies anymore Bye bye butterflies, bye bye my youth I lost my optimism, all that's left is the truth We used to have memories, now we've got proof It's enough to cry Bye bye butterflies, bye bye butterflies Bye bye my youth I lost my optimism, all that's left is the truth We used to have memories, now we've got proof It's enough to cry Bye bye butterflies Used to value morals, knew you'd be a fool to trust me Used to fall in love with everybody, knew you all disgust me Even when I meet a pretty girl that I like I can slowly see humanity extinguishing her light Cause she wants to save the world and the trees But all the people care about the birds and the bees And she, she just wants to love who she meets But she's realising everybody sucks on their knees Living this life only you desolate, sobbing on the floor Everybody's beautiful and rotten to the core They say it never rains but it's proper gonna pour Climb the stairway to heaven now I'm knocking on its door I didn't need the times to change for my mind to change But I've had my moral compass set since the 90s they Don't even believe off of the memorised lines they say Waving my life away Bye bye butterflies, bye bye my youth I lost my optimism, all that's left is the truth We used to have memories, now we've got proof It's enough to cry Bye bye butterflies, bye bye butterflies Bye bye my youth I lost my optimism, all that's left is the truth We used to have memories, now we've got proof It's enough to cry So bye bye butterflies Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. 
And kicking off this part, it's number six in AFTN's Festive 15 for 2023 from Glasgow in Scotland. Rapper Mog with a song taken from his 10th studio album X. That song came out in June, precursor to the album that dropped in August. One of my favourite tracks on it. We played it earlier this year in the show. That was Bye Bye Butterflies. Great album. Check it out. Check it out. All Mog's other stuff as well. You can find it in all the usual places. It's also on Word SOS's Sons of Scotland record label. Go and support the guys. They put out some really good stuff. And hopefully you've enjoyed them the past couple of years here on the show. So we're going to continue the Whitecaps chat now in this part because it was a big draft day during the week Tuesday. So the 2024 MLS Super Draft, a draft that I thought was never going to end. It eventually did though, and at the end of the three rounds, Vancouver Whitecaps have two new potential additions. The Whitecaps selected 22-year-old English midfielder Elliot Goldthorpe, 45th overall in the second round, and 21-year-old Canadian striker Nicholas Fleurial Chateau, probably butchered his name there, in the third round, 74th overall. Two very interesting additions. Elliot Goldthorpe had two seasons at New York's Hofstra University, scoring 25 goals and getting 21 assists from his 43 appearances, 42 of those appearances start. He was voted the 2023 Coastal Athletic Association Player of the Year and he led the NCAA with 15 assists in 2023. Has also had time in USL League 2, scoring 9 goals and adding 2 assists from 12 USL appearances with Des Moines Menace. In 2021, Goldthorpe played at Old Dominion University and he led the team in scoring with four goals and two assists. Now, the Englishman, in his youth, played in the academies at Man United, at Leeds, went on to join Bradford City and he made two first-team appearances with Bradford over the years. Went and played uh, a little bit in English non-league as well after that before making the move over to the US in NCAA Division 1. Fun fact, his sister is a rhino. Leeds Rhinos, the rugby league side. She's also been capped for England as well, Francesca, so that'll be an interesting one to, to talk to him about. It's a, it's a very in, intriguing signing, as is Chateau, the third-round pick, Three seasons at St. John's University in New York, he led the Red Storm with 14 goals in 2023, one assist as well. That was from 17 appearances as a red shirt junior after suffering an ACL injury in 2022. He only started two of those matches. So it, it looks an interesting when he played at West Ottawa Soccer Club and Capital United in his youth. And it's a guy that clearly knows his way to go. He knows how to score. He's been doing it 
at the college level. So two very intriguing picks. And it's two guys that know the way to go, especially Chateau. I mean, to, to get that amount of goals at NCAA Division One level is, is always going to turn heads. Goldthorpe as well, obviously a good background coming through Man United and Leeds. Now, th- these are two players that I don't think we're going to see anywhere near the first team for a while, but definitely two good additions for WFC2, much in the mould of Simon Betcher, Levante Johnson. Two intriguing picks that can certainly score. They've shown it at college level, and it's now, can they do it at this next step up? The Whitecaps have been good at finding these guys the last couple of years. Yeah, I think they're they are kind of intriguing uh, choices for Vancouver, and you're right. It will it will be a lot about how can they nurture them and how can they uh, acclimatize them and get them kind of fit into fit fit into the whole you know Whitecaps world and system and, and whatnot. Um, but they're yeah, they're, I think they're intriguing. Like I. I I know you have kept a little bit of a pulse on who might be picked and all that kind of stuff, but I... I, I didn't this year, though, to be honest. It's you, like, you didn't? Okay. I've just been so busy, I haven't had a chance to watch NCAA at all. Because I, like, yeah, I knew nothing about these guys until you... Until, I think it was... I think, was it you texting? I think you texted me all yeah. this information. Well, as, as soon as they were picked, it's like I did my deep dive, my internet interrogation detective stuff, which I, I love doing. I, I think I'm going to stop chatting to these guys because every time I chat to them, they got let go during pre-season camp. Yeah, did Although, you start that this year? Yeah. This, but yeah. with WFC2 now, these guys are going to obviously hang about. And yeah. you've had Betcher, you've had Johnson, you've had NC Gando as well. JC Gando, sorry. Um, it's like they these were all good picks and I didn't take a lot of interest this year because we didn't have a first round pick with it being traded right. away I genuinely thought we would make a play for something though because there were some very intriguing options like just from watching the draft and talking to players and explaining the backgrounds and, and, and various things and I thought there's a, there's a few guys there that could be a good fit for the Whitecaps and with Vanny saying, oh, we hope we're going to be busy with all of the MLS mechanisms. And since I spoke to him, the club have been busy in none of the MLS mechanisms. Yeah. So... Because you told me that. I was like, oh, okay, there's something's going to happen. Yeah. I, I've got to say, first of all, though, obviously you didn't watch the draft. No. I, I'd taken the, the, the day off work. I said I wasn't available that day for a shift. I wanted to watch the draft. I was bored out of my head. Axel was meant to do a media call. Right. But the draft, the first round had gone on so much that they had to cancel it because he had a flight to go and catch and we still hadn't made our pick in the second round yet. And when he was meant to do the media call, they were on something like pick 20 of the 29 still in the first round. Two hours yeah. after it started, they've, they've it, it got used to, be, to do something used, better. It used to be painful. That sounds even worse. Oh, it it was absolutely shocking. which is which is ironic because the uh, I mean we've been saying this from 2011 onward that the draft becomes less has become and should become less and less meaningful as these uh, these sides focus on developing their own players as much as they can locally, right? So yeah. it, that's crazy that it would. T- it would take so long. 
Uh, th- there was a couple of what guys. Were we, okay, tell, help us though. What were you multitasking with so that made it bearable? Like, were you watching something? Do you have a game on? I, I, I had I had darts on. Oh, darts. Okay, yeah. I knew you so had I, something. Yeah, I had darts on the TV. I had the draft on the laptop. The darts was finished, and the first round was still going on. And the darts is not it's not a short thing. No, and it's like, why is this never ending? The, oh, there was man. two players that they spoke to at the start that both sounded intriguing, and I thought right up the white cap street. One of them was a Jamaican forward, Matthew Bell, and the is other he one of his own accord. He was, oh, okay. and the other one was a Japanese midfielder, uh, Jose Jose Kajima, and bizarrely, Matthew Bell went in 16th with what would have been the Whitecaps pick that RSL right. took him and then Kojima went with the very next pick hmm. and I, I genuinely thought like they spoke about Kojima at the start and I've never heard of this guy in my life before they spoke to him I was so impressed because he had meetings with all the teams and he went to every meeting with a, a plan detailing of what he's thought of their 2023 season where he would fit in and how oh, he wow. could make the team better. And I was like, I love this guy. He sounds right up Vanny Street. He's Japanese. And then when the meeting was over and everyone left, he cleaned the whole meeting room and yeah. left. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's so amazing that they do that at those games. It's like, oh, it is. Oh, it is. Best supporters. It's like absolutely fantastic. I, I think we've mentioned this before. I went to the, the Paralympic gold medal sledge hockey and it was japan america now obviously america was their big favorites the japanese fans were amazing and they handed out little japanese flags for everyone to wave and oh just they got so behind their team they got hammered but still it was a good atmosphere but those two guys intrigued me and Mm -hmm. when i do speak to axel which we weren't able to get done just because of his He's over in Germany just now for this episode. So we'll keep it for our New Year one, as I, as I mentioned. But I'm going to say to him, why did you make me sit through that? Why, why did you give me <laughs> yeah. hope that you might make a move? Well, I I, I mean, I, I'm sure that they were looking at things or trying to do a couple of things that maybe just didn't come off, right? Like, Yeah, probably. I, I think Axel has been pretty good at... I think he's upped the game for the Whitecaps in terms of uh, strategic planning and and realizing the importance and significance of bringing in uh, MLS, let's call them MLS experienced players. Yes. I, I think there's going to be a lot of things in the work. My, my funniest moment, though, actually, I've got two funniest moments from the draft. One, uh, Matt Doyle was asked who his number one pick was, oh. and he said... Uh, Stephen Anor Giamfi from Virginia. He's going to go... I expect him to maybe go first, but he'll definitely go in the early picks. 26th he went. He is from Ghana, though, so there's potential... Visa issues? Visa issues, maybe. <laughs> as, no, not in the States, though. Uh, no, it's probably easier there than here. But the yeah. other thing was, the number one pick, Tyree Spicer, Trinidad and Tobago, so from... Ooh from two of the countries, went with TFC, held up his TFC scarf and held it back to front. So it didn't actually say TFC on it. It was just a red scarf. And I was like, yeah, you two deserve each other. Yeah. (laughs) 
But of course, so many of these guys are going to be playing in MLS Next Pro next season. Mm-hmm. In, in Canada, some of these guys may get the odd call up to the, the Canadian Championship teams and uh, the Whitecaps, of course, will be playing mm-hmm. their MLS team in the Canadian Championship. And last week, we spoke about MLS's decision to withdraw the MLS teams from the US Open Cup. And, and there's to, been some surprise pushback. Yes, very pleasingly so. Someone someone got the gumption. Yeah, so if anyone missed it and you've been under a rock, in short, MLS requested to allow MLS Next Pro teams to represent MLS in next year's US Open Cup. Um. The United States Soccer Federation, who we said last week we hope to show some balls and stand up to them, did just that mm-hmm. and put out a press release saying, after thoughtful consideration, we have informed MLS that the US soccer staff recommendation, which was adopted by the Pro League Tax Task Force, is that the request be denied. As we move forward, we will continue our review of the Open Cup to ensure it aligns with the U.S. soccer strategic pillars, we remain committed to addressing the needs and concerns of all of our members, including MLS and other stakeholders, to enhance and improve the U.S. Open Cup. Now, we said last week one way they could get round it is to say, no, but you can like call up guys from the team to and like basically what we do in the Canadian Championship, mm-hmm. you can have some call ups, but. I I love that they've stood up to them and said no, so far at least. So far, exactly. It'll yeah. be interesting to see what happens because MLS issued their own statement, uh, saying obviously that they're disappointed by it and that they took the step because they believe that there are several essential goals and concerns that must be addressed in connection with the tournament, including developing young professional players and providing them with greater opportunity to play before fans in meaningful competition in a tournament setting. That is MLS Next Pro. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's so self-serving. And it, it, honestly, Michael, I, I don't know if we talked about this with this issue last week or it was another issue last week or pre- shortly before that, but you wonder how much of this has all just been staged. You know, like, like... MLS, mm. MLS, uh, this is what they want. They told US Soccer this is what we're going to do, and US, US Soccer said, "Yeah, no." But then they sort of they said, "Hey, let's try and get some PR wins out of this for for both of us, right?" Yeah. Like, because you know, I mean, I think it's MLS looks foolish no matter what. But um, if they, because essentially, they're, 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 what they've said is like, okay, we're still going to play development players in these matches which is again which is most people said if you want to do that that's your prerogative do whatever the heck you want right but don't don't say we're not like zero of our first team players are playing in this we're only we're fielding we're we're entering our second teams we're not entering our first teams which is ridiculous right so but yeah i wonder i wonder if i wonder if this is a behind the scenes like staged agreement like that where it's like yeah we're Let's play it. Let's play it out this way before the public, so at least there's some kind of you know. So U.S. Soccer is like, so it looks like we can, mm-hmm. you know, save face, and then but I this is all pre-arranged. I don't know, because like as you say, MLS do not look good in this in any way, shape, or form. 
But so I, 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 I almost PR think, Michael, I, I, I almost honestly think they don't care. Oh, they probably don't. And the, the thing is, like, they, they can't try and do a UEFA Super League thing either because they've got to get sanctioned by yeah. USSF. So yeah, but the whole but the whole thing is they are. I mean, that's another thing is this: the starting of this League's Cup is the moving is the move towards the North American Super yeah. League, right? Oh yeah, like, which, I, which I mean, is I tied think in. It, it could happen, but I mean, under FIFA regulations, it shouldn't. And well, like, it's all tied. It's all tied into the World Cup bid, right? Like, yeah, I mean. Te- if you want to be technical, Canadian clubs in an American league maybe shouldn't be allowed, but they're grandfathered in, much like the Welsh clubs are in the in yeah. the English league. And you've yeah. got other examples like Monaco and France and various things like that as well. So I mean, that there are exceptions across the world. Yeah, but I mean that that's a, a whole other thing. We will get sidetracked with that. Kevin Baxter in the LA Times has a fantastic article. I retweeted it. I recommend folk go and read it. He breaks it all down and why MLS is in the wrong in this. Oh, yeah. And I saw that retweet from you, but I yeah, haven't read the article yet. One of the things he said is basically, you're, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. So you're being two-faced here because you say you want to give these players a chance to develop more, but yet you took your MLS two teams out of USL which was yeah. a higher standard than yeah. MLS Next Pro. Totally. So you you took that away from them. And yeah, you're you're adding standalone clubs into MLS Next Pro at the detriment of USL. Yeah. Because if oh I could I can play that, maybe one day I'll get a, a team the in MLS yeah. or something. So it it's interesting. The other interesting thing in Kevin Baxter's article as well is a high-ranking executive in USSF said they knew nothing about this oh. until it got announced, and it was 15 minutes before they were having their holiday party. So it completely caught them off guard. Okay, so maybe my theory was very wrong. Okay. But, yeah... It, it's an interesting one. MLS said they're committed to finding a viable solution for the 2024 tournament and they're working to find a pathway that addresses its goals and concerns and, again, just go on about trying to find the, the right pathway for these young players. It's a mess. Mm. It's going to be interesting to see how this now develops. They've got time to to get round it. I mean, I hope... USSF stick to their guns mm-hmm. whether MLS clubs then just play field guys and they argue or let, can we call up like eight guys from our MLS two teams or whatever but then if that's the case I hope every single USL or below team absolutely hammers every single MLS team I always hope be, for that anyway to be honest it would be nice. it but would be nice. it would just be even more fantastic because it's like, oh, how how did that do for your young players? Yeah, it it's very very frustrating. I mean, we we have different issues in Canada when it comes to soccer, uh, you know, developing footballers in the pyramid and the, you know what's best for the game, whatever. But this is this is very clearly um, an, an an example from the states where the those who are are making the most of the game. Partly because of their investment into it, um, are are working against the the competition of football for the business of football, which to me is just ridiculous. 
Yeah. I, I, I don't know if you, this is, I was going to mention this later, but I'll just mention, I don't know if you saw, I don't think we talked about it last week, you and I, but in the, the Bundesliga, um, the Bundesliga clubs, uh, they're looking, the Bundesliga has for a while has been looking at ways to create more revenue, right? Because, uh, Obviously, they have less revenue, so they there's less revenue going towards players. Therefore, they're they can only be so attractive in terms of what they can offer, right? Like on a in, in speaking in general terms. Mm. So the league has been okay. How do we generate more revenue, right? Because one of their issues is you know with fifty plus one and the keeping ticket prices very low and you know whatever. Like like my my some of my Bayern buddies they have a home and away season ticket that is like cheaper than some supporter tickets for just home games in North America. Like it's wow. crazy how cheap the tickets are, but that also spurs some, some of those types of people on to make sure they are, they are at every game home and away in champions league and cups and whatever. So the Bundesliga has been trying to create revenue. So the, so it's Bundesliga one and two, 36 clubs. They've been working on different ideas. And so finally they've said, we want to allow some investors to be a part of this. That's one of the way we're going to create revenue. And so it went to a vote, I can't remember, it was like a year ago or something, and the vote didn't pass. And like everyone in German, all the supporters in German football are like, yay. And then it, and then again, just a few weeks ago, I think it was, it went to a vote. And the vote passed, and I'll come back to the vote in a minute. But all of all of German, like all, literally, like this is one of the things where all the supporters, all the ultras, everyone, all the fan, everyone is together. And they're dead set against it. And so every stadium had the exact same response. The first 12, 13 minutes of games, silence. No no chanting, oh, wow. no flags. Even uh, some places, like, no banners down. Some of the banners were, like, held up. Like, just, a, hey, I'm, you know, I'm, we're, the, we're the Bayern supporters from Hessen or whatever. None of those banners are up. Uh, or not, sorry, many of them weren't up. So then... Um, and then 12th minute, they start supporting like normal and like you. It was, it was funny because some people said to me like, oh, those first 12, 13 minutes, it sounded like an English stadium a little bit, <laughs> which which that was uh, someone else said that I thought was quite funny. But anyways, um, and then and then, oh, they also I think they also would throw at the beginning, they threw like gold chocolate coins on the field <laughs> when they started supporting <laughs> as a like, hey, you're just in this like you're just doing this for the money. Yeah. And some places they threw tennis balls to just disrupt things. Right? Yeah, that's that's been a big thing that been doing at English games to disrupt stuff is the tennis yeah. balls. So, so every stadium had this, Michael. Like every stadium in the top wow. two, like every and, the, oh, and they and then they they'd unfurled this banner. Um, be, while they weren't supporting, they had this big banner out that says, "We're not." It essentially, said basically, "We're not for your crap deal," is what it said. And like everyone had the exact same wording. It wasn't like, you know, it was it was very much a coordinated effort or whatever. Anyways, one of the things I've heard subsequent is about the vote, and in the vote. They needed, I think, 24 to 36 teams, I think they needed. And so they got 24. There was 10, uh, 10 against and two abstentions. But as as it's be been made known about who voted against it, um, the guy who voted for Hanover, he I don't know all the whole story, but um, he basically, he's been, like, kicked out of, he like, he can't participate on any of the DFL's, like, committees and whatever, like, he's been banned or whatever. But he still is, like, the, not the chairman, but he still has this role at Hanover. Anyways, he went to this meeting to vote, but not to like he would didn't have the authority to like vote himself. He had to listen to the Hanover overlords tell him what to vote, and he was just there to represent them. 
well, it's come out that the Hanover overlord, you know, the people, the stewards at Hanover said, yeah, we're against this. But Hanover is not one of the clubs that voted against it. <laughs> so oh, I don't know. Wow. If they're gonna, I don't know if they're going to kind of, you know, look at look at this deeper or whatever. But yeah, it's everyone in German football. Is and the thing is, the other thing, the other problem is this influx of money for the Bundesliga is only a band-aid. It's like putting a band-aid on a gunshot wound, right? It's not going to like catch them up to the Premier League in terms of revenue mm -hmm. and put them on a level footing financially. It's it's it would it would be a step forward, but it wouldn't be it wouldn't make them on the same be able to comp compete in the same way financially or whatever. So it's it'd be interesting yeah. though, like hearing that if MLS fans and I know some won't care, but that was another yeah. good thing about Kevin Baxter's article. He said. MLS have completely misunderstood yeah. how fans feel about this, about the hardcore. This, yeah. Totally. And like that's something that MLS clubs could do, like through the whether it's through ISC or whatever, yeah. just get together, have the same message, oh, totally. get that across at MLS games. And, and they need value to value the the US Open Cup. I would hope they they would do that. That would be fantastic. I, oh, I'm sure that I, I'm, I guarantee you, Michael, the ISC is talking about this. Oh yeah, and, and um, I guarantee you, lots of the supporters are have thoughts and strong opinions on this, and I do hope that they voice them. And like, yeah, there is, uh, it, it is helpful when your voice is unified and you're all saying the same thing, yeah. right? So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I, I do hope the best for the U.S. Open Cup. I hope like this is a great year for it in terms of the quality of play and viewership and spectators and all that kind of stuff. And and in some ways they can prove MLS wrong. But yeah, we'll be watching on YouTube because a bunch of it's on YouTube. Yeah, I, I I thought it was on ESPN in the States that CBS Sports got the domestic rights in the oh, US. Okay, I, I, I found out as well. But yeah, I mean, I, I spoke in last week's show about how much I... Enjoy I, USL, and it's like the great thing about USL is their games are on YouTube, and you can just sit and watch them wherever. I've been to at least one of their one of the games, right? I, you remember this US Open Cup? Yeah, I I was at Kitsap, Seattle. Okay, I didn't go to that one. I went to I was at Portland, Seattle. Oh, In, I'm pretty sure I'm. I have to double check if this was the right game because I've been to a few Portland, Seattle games, and um. I'm pretty sure the cup game I went to the U.S. Open Cup game was the was the uh, the tifo of Timber Joey cutting down the Space Needle. Oh, I think I, that, I, I think that, that was the one. remember that. I think that was the one. It's weird. I've been to a U.S. Open Cup game, but I've never been to an FA Cup game. <laughs> I've, been, yeah. I've been to like oh, pretty much every other cup competition in the UK. But well, I've never been to an FA Cup game. I still, I still have not, I still have not been to a Bundesliga game. I've been to the German Cup final. I've been to the Champions League final. I've been to all kinds of friendlies, but I've never actually. Been, I need to go to a Bundesliga game. Yes, so you bad. do. Oh, sorry, I want to go to a Bundesliga game so bad. Well, big fans of the USL. A Whitecaps player that played in the USL briefly. He, he was kind of sent to, to to loan when he was at LAFC played uh five games in 2018 5 and 2019 oh, yeah. with phoenix rising is tristan blackman mm -hmm. let's find out just what is tristan blackman's favorite jam what's your favorite jam traffic jam what's wrong with raspberry What's wrong with plum? 
How's about a blob of elderberry on a scone? What's your favourite jam? Again, if you're sitting at home, most of these things involve you sitting at home. <laughs> and, I, and, and the current climate has been quite good. But if you're if you're going to have maybe a, a muffin or a crumpet or some toast or even a croissant at home and you yeah. want to have some jam in it, what would be your favourite jam? That's tough. Probably just because I grew up. I don't even know if it's... I don't know the difference between jam and jelly. But I think... Raspberry jelly is what I what I ate a lot as a kid, so now it's just become a staple. So probably raspberry, I would say. Cool. I, I think the main difference is a jelly's nice and smooth, and jam's kind of more lumpy and. Yeah, maybe it was a jam that I had. Yeah, raspberry yeah. jam. What's your favorite jam? What's your favorite jam? Bizarre segue, but <laughs> there there we go. Tristan Blackman's favourite jam. That's nearly it for this part, but let's play another game of 20 questions. So for the second round, we are going to turn our attention to the CPL. Zach will go first with asking me to guess his player. And the rules for this is we've made it any CPL player that played in the league in 20. 23. So, Zach, have you got your player up on the screen, yeah. all the details? Yeah. Right, let me get going here then. 20 questions, I'll keep my tally. Does he play for Vancouver FC? No. Hmm. Does he play in Ontario? I mean, like, did he play matches in Ontario? Or does his club no, play? It's his home club in Ontario. Uh, the answer to that is no. <laughs> so you got, what is that, one, two, three clubs out of the way? Four, including four, VFC. Four, yeah, sorry, four, because yeah. Ottawa. So halfway through the league. Um, <laughs> does he play under a Canadian coach? That is potentially a stupid question I've just realized. <laughs> Okay, so by Canadian, do you mean born in Canada, Canadian citizen? <laughs> oh, uh, Canadian citizen. Is he a yes. Canadian citizen? Yes. Oh, but that doesn't narrow it down at all. That's a <laughs> stupid. Oh, okay. Do you want to ask if he's born? <laughs> yeah, no. I've already. I've. I've got three. You can change that question. I'll let you change that question if you want. You. No. No. I went with that, so no. I'm three down, and I'm none the wiser to having any idea what club he plays for. Um, that would be helpful, I guess. Probably. Yeah, this. I, I, I need to start guessing a, a club. Does he play for Halifax? He does play for Halifax. Okay. Oh, You're gonna get this in like under ten questions. What was my, my guess was? Is he a defender? Yes. Is it Daniel Henry? No. Oh. Is it Daniel Nimick? No. Did he come through the Whitecaps Academy? Yes. Okay, now I've narrowed it down to two. Mm -hmm. Is it Christian Capania? It is not. Is it Jake Ruby? It is. <laughs> oh, I'm going to guess that three guesses ago. <laughs> ah, 
So that was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten questions. I, I, so eleven points to me. I'm sorry. I I was pretty sure that Patrice Geyser was Canadian, but I could. I was like, where's the new born? Like, what's? Well, as soon as I asked the question, I was like, that is just a stupid question because the only other one that wouldn't be would be Tommy. Tommy. Yeah. So if you said no, I'd be like, hey, but then he is a Canadian citizen. So then I just made that very yeah. that's more why difficult I for that's myself. That's why I said it to you that way. Because I, I was uh, hoping you would, yeah. Okay, so 11 points to me. 11? It took yes. you 11? Oh, yes, because wow. I had 10 guesses there. Dude, you're going to beat me. I'm, oh, yeah, this other thing. Sorry, I had but, my stuff open. i got to close my stuff. It's, it's going to no, be right? a not... cumulative score across all oh, three rounds here. So. In this round, you're going to crush me for sure. So, okay, I, I've closed all my windows now. Okay, let me get up my CPL my player phone. for you. Okay. Right, I've got my CPL player up, so begin your questions. Okay. Remember, you can play along at home. Yeah, you you can. I bet you there's one or two people that beat Michael on that one. Let's see how many people will crush me on this one. Okay, uh, yeah, does, okay, does he play in Ontario? That's a good question. No. Does this club play in Ontario? No, okay. No. Uh, does this club play in, in BC? Yes. Okay. Uh, do, 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 do. Is his coach born in Canada? I'll use all your questions. No. Okay. <laughs> is, is, he a, is he a midfielder? No. Is he an attacker? No. Is he a defender? Yes. Okay. Is he Canadian? Yes. Is it is he James Cameron? No. Is he Caden Chung? No. Oh shoot. Oh if you oh, get Rock, it on this is, one, is, you're level is, with me. Is he Rocco Romeo? No. Wait, who was another Oh. Is it oh is it uh, Crawford? Tyler Crawford? No. Wait, who else is a defender that was Canadian? This is oh, awesome. it's white. It's yes. white. Yes. <laughs> I told you you were gonna beat me. Nine okay. points to you. I couldn't even I couldn't even get one from my club. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I thought I thought, oh, I can't go VFC because Michael will get it too easily. Oh, see, I but, thought you're not gonna but, expect me to go VFC, so I picked a VFC player. Yeah, and then uh, and then yeah, I was just like but I was like I wanted to have a white caps connection for you to make it not impossible. Yes, I like all the ones I've picked. I, I think are going to be quite gettable for you. So, yeah, okay. oh, so eleven to me in that round, nine to you. So, Har, it's your turn now. This is obviously going to be a trickier one for you because it's going to be CPL players, and Zach has got your player to guess. Is it Kakuta Manning? Wait, did we not say that she has to? <laughs> well, ask it, it would be nice if she asked questions, but. Is it Kakuta Mane? <laughs> it is not Kakuta Mane. Is it that guy on Vancouver FC that made, took a shot at the Whitecaps? And then Julian <laughs> Gressel responded, I don't even know what that league is. Is it that guy? When You mean when Julian Gressel was sabotaged? Yeah, when you ambushed him and ambushed, got him to say stuff that he so... didn't know? <laughs> no, Nathan, no, Nathan, it, Nathan it, tipped him off. He knew about that. It, it, sorry, it's, it's not. It's not, it's the, not Sean on, Sean Hundle. Yeah, that's what, what I'm that, saying. It's that's not Sean Hundle. Yeah, that's the guy. Is it the guy on Vancouver? Is like sixteen or seventeen? He's really, really good. TJ Tahid. Yeah, that it, guy. It's not TJ Tahid. Hmm. You might want to start asking what team he plays for. 
or position or position or no you have to ask yes oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> remember it's yes or no answers how many is it okay does it play for a team in bc uh that's a great question he does not play for a team in bc well how the hell do i know who it is then exactly so, so ask is, it more that, is it that goalie is it callum or something sorry what is it carducci a marco carducci it is not I like that guy. He's a nice kid. Yeah. Um, I, I only do white caps players, so I I I have uh, no comment. So, Hart, how about you ask the question? Has this player ever played for the white caps? Maybe that'll help you. Has he played for the white caps? Yes, this player has played for the Vancouver white caps. What's his name? <laughs> That's what you're trying to guess. He, did he play in 2022? Uh, no. 2023. No. 2021. Like for the White Caps, you're talking about? Yeah. No. 2000 and 220. No. 2019. In 2019, he was a White Cap. Mm -hmm. How many he questions are we having? Goalie. She, she's no, amazingly only asked 10. It's not a goalie. Def not is it a defender? Oh, sorry, I love it. Yes, it is a defender. Oh, is it Daniil Henry? It is Daniil Henry. I oh, like that guy. Nice guy. Seven I, points I for Har. I'm still winning the game. Yes, at the best. end of round two, Har is in the lead, even though she's not playing the game properly, on 26 points. That's how I do. Oh, you're no longer in the lead. Zach is actually in the lead on 27 points because he got nine points in that round and I'm on 19 points. No, it's fixed. Well, if you it's ask these questions... These questions have been deflated. That's well, fine. the last round is about Canadian national team players. It could be a man. It could be a woman. You'll have to find out by asking questions. <laughs> we'll be back with that in part four. In the next part, though... We are going with our feature interview for this episode and we'll be back with that and number five in our AFTN Festive 15 after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. It's a lifelong project of a life on the lash I've forgotten how to care but I'll remember for cash It's my party and I'll cry if I want to Line the views, sing the blues, I can die if I want to Tonight we're gonna bring tomorrow's happiness Gonna live like it's the end I love you to death But I must suggest
Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, we've reached the top five in AFTN's Festive 15 for 2023. And taking that spot is English band The Libertines. Back with a bang. They've been on hiatus. Pete Doherty, he's done his solo stuff. He's done his stuff with Baby Shambles. Carol Barrett's done his stuff with Dirty Pretty Things. They've come, they've gone, but they're back. They've got a new album coming out next year. I think it's coming out in March. And they dropped the first single from it in November. That is what you've heard at number five. Run, run, run. An absolute cracker. And... I cannot wait for the new album to come out. I will be getting that pre-ordered, ready to drop as soon as it comes out. We'd love to see them over here. It's been many a year since I've seen the band, many a year since I've seen the spin-offs from the band as well. But with Pete Doherty's legal issues, I don't think that would be possible even, really. I'm I'm not quite sure he can get the, the travel visa or anything, so... Might have to make a little trip back home, try and catch them over in the UK. So, for this part of the show, it's our Christmas special, and we're going to bring you our special Christmas interview. And it's with a player that should be known to many of the listeners. He's a former Vancouver Whitecap. He's a former TFC player. A former Pacific FC player and a current Vancouver FC player. I'm talking, of course, of Caden Chung, the 25-year-old defender turned midfielder under Ashton Goatby's plans from New West, local lad, came through the Whitecaps Academy. His brother, Logan, as well, came through that academy and has been playing with UBC Thunderbirds. This is his graduating year. One of the early signings for Whitecaps 2 back in 2015 made 45 appearances in his three seasons with WFC 2, went over to Germany and had a spell with FC Kaiserslautern, came back to the CPL in 2019 with Pacific FC, winning a CPL championship under Pamaduka in 2021, that earned him a move to MLS with TFC. Didn't go maybe as, as well as everyone hoped there, but he got eight MLS appearances, some TFC 2 appearances as well, and came back to the CPL in 2023, playing with his hometown team, Vancouver FC. Sadly, though, an injury really derailed his season. Five games into the season, Saw him miss a big chunk of games and a, a key player that was missing for Afshin Goatby's side as well. But came back 13 league appearances, one Canadian Championship appearance overall this season. And certainly a player that's going to be very key to Vancouver FC going into 2024. Got a chance to catch up with Caden at the end of the season just to talk about his career so far and look ahead what is still to come. So go stick the kettle on, grab your biscuit, shortbread or mince pie of choice and enjoy our feature 
interview this episode with Vancouver FC's Caden Chung. Hey Caden, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good. I had looked and I, it looks like the last time we spoke to you for the podcast was April 2016. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> A lot has changed since then. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I, I thought we'll talk a little bit about this year coming to Vancouver and the CPL and just look through your career and, and, and stuff. So, I mean, if we if we start kind of with this season, I mean, it wasn't the first season I'm sure you would have hoped and dreamt of both for yourself and for, for the club. But how, how do you look past or how do you look back at this first season at Vancouver FC? Yeah, I mean... Obviously, you're right. It, it wasn't what I don't think any of us expected. Um, but you have to always take uh, the positives out of out of this season, and I feel like we ended the season really well. Um, there's a there's a lot of positives. Obviously, as well, this is the first uh, season where I've I've missed a good chunk with with a serious injury, and mm. um, learning how to deal with that is something that I feel like is going to help me uh, move forward. Um, because you don't know with football. There's, there's things that happen that are out of your control, and I feel like that's what happened to me this year, and um, I learned a lot about myself. But you know, looking back at it, we we've had a little bit of a sample period with expansion teams in this league, and I feel like um, if if you look at at the big picture, the whole thing, uh, it wasn't terrible. I mean, we finished uh, not not bottom of the bottom of the table, and yeah. Um, finished with a good amount of wins. I feel like we we're inching closer and closer to kind of tighten the table a little bit. And um, like I said before, we finished well. So I think overall, uh, maybe not what we expected, but also, you know, could have gone a lot worse. Did it feel, I mean, you went through obviously the expansion season with Pacific. Did it feel different this time? Pacific, I think, probably had a bigger lead in and time to get things organized, whereas this felt a lot more rushed just in general yeah no absolutely i think um as this as this season progressed we were kind of catching up to other teams in terms of uh the amount of staff we had the, the facilities obviously our stadiums being built uh quite late on into preseason and i think with pacific you know we had uh seven other teams six or seven other teams that were also in the same position as us you know, it was, the whole league was brand new. So I think mm. um, we, we at Pacific there, we kind of adapted with the rest of the league, whereas here we were kind of, you know, putting together pieces as the season went on. And even player personnel, like we, we got, you know, some key parts of our team halfway through the season. So definitely a lot of struggles. Definitely I feel like it was a, a lot different than, than when we started Pacific. But um, obviously Rob knows knows how to get things done knows how to how how this kind of league operates and so us as players we didn't really have to see too much of that but um yeah overall um there was definitely uh some catching up we had to do this season i mean you're still only 25 you've had a well-traveled road to kind of get to, to this point of things as well when you look back to the wfc two days does that just feel like so long ago now yeah it does it really does you mentioned our our last interview i remember the interview that we did after my debut as well 
that one was and just looking back at all these all these things like I, I look back at the memories some of the pictures some of the videos it's just when I go watch my brother play actually at Thunderbird mm -hmm. and I just I can imagine you know being down there as well it's just it's pretty surreal um to to see how kind of how far I've came also the the ups and downs that that I've had in my career and um that's kind of where it where, where it all began so it, it's pretty crazy to see and it, and it does feel like feel like forever ago yeah, I mean, just mentioning your brother there, obviously this is his graduation year as well and I've had the pleasure of commentating on his games over the last few years. It's like, do you, we've, we've obviously had it in the CPL with the polices on either side. Can we get a, a Chung brother reunion at some point in the CPL, do you think? I would, I would like to see it, but, um, you know, with him it's, it's kind of his decision on what, what he wants to do. I feel like with his quality, um, if he, if he wanted to, he'd be in the league already. Um, yeah. But again, it's up to him. It's, I know that he's really passionate about um, his schooling and, and what he wants to do after he, after he graduates. And, um, you know, as a, as an older brother, obviously it'd be nice to, to play with him. It's something that I've always wanted to do, but yeah. um, you know, I have to, I have to support him in, in whatever he does. And, and obviously, I'm really proud of him as well. So, getting out to watch him at play for for UBC and and kind of seeing, you know, how how he's doing and all that is is something that I I really take a lot of joy in. So, um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what he he could change his mind. He could could have a last little spark, but I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I know you were with Pacific, but in in terms of being a local lad from the the lower mainland. Like coming back to play here for the first time as a pro since 2017, how special has that been for you? And how different is the Caden Chung that we're watching now to the Caden Chung that was last playing here six years ago? Yeah, I mean it's it's really special. I I missed uh, you know playing in front of my my friends and family and and being around them all the time. Obviously, five years going by um, didn't make it home much. Um, so to, to see them around at the games is, is really special. I feel like, you know, that was a, a very young Caden, um, had a lot of, of, of things to prove, um, you know, given, given chances and, and rolling with it. And I feel like now I'm, I'm a more mature player. Um, I feel like. I understand the game a bit more. My, my, I'm not as frantic and nervous all the time, but um, I definitely feel like um, I've just kind of honed in on, on certain qualities that maybe I didn't have back then. Um, obviously, I feel like I'm a, I'm a more technical player, maybe not as explosive or fast anymore, but um, I feel like I, I have more of the, the intelligence side of it, uh, more of the composure um, and I'm able to to maybe even be more of a leader in this in this group, um, whereas I feel like back in 20, 2016, 2017, I was this shy, quiet kid. Yeah. Um, you know who who was scared to speak up in in uh, what was a team that wasn't as young. Honestly, it was it was a very experienced team, even for a for a second team back then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I feel like all these experiences that I've gone through now have, have made me into a, a more experienced, composed person and player.
Yeah. When when WFC two wound up, obviously the players all had big choices as to what they wanted to do in their next stage of the career, and things were so different at the club back then to maybe now in that they give younger players a chance and they've got the two team back. But you chose to go to Germany and you went to Kaiserslautern too. How did that come about and how did that change you as a person? Yeah, you know, I felt like um, for my for my work that I did with FC2, you know, we had a really good year in 2016 making it to the, to the conference final. Um, I was asked to do something a little different in 2017. Rich kind of put me a little, played me a little for, more forward. Uh, I was playing more right wing at, at that point. Um, but I had felt that maybe my time had had worn out there i feel like um was i deserving of a contract at that time for the mls team who knows i didn't feel like i was quite ready um to be playing at that level but i felt maybe um you know a contract to kind of develop myself a little bit further mm-hmm. um but you know when fresno came around and a couple of the guys went there i just i didn't feel like it was something that was going to advance me. Yeah. Um, you know, I had played in the USL already a few years and I felt like um, going there would kind of be holding me back. So I felt that, you know, in Germany, it's an experience that, um, you know, not a lot of guys that I've known growing up playing with uh, kind of took on. Um, and so when my agent kind of presented that opportunity to me, I, I felt like it was something that I, I at least had to go and try and see um, what it was like. Um, and it was difficult. Um, there was a lot of um, things that obviously didn't go my way over there as well. Um, I had a, a pretty hard time kind of adapting over there. Um, but I felt like for for my style of play, it, it helped a lot. I They're very technical base out there. And I, I feel like, that was something that at the time I needed some work on. And I feel like I got that there. And when I came back, I felt like I was a more technical player, a smarter player. Um, and obviously there, there are machines over there. So yeah, um, there's a lot of running and a lot of lifting. So that also kind of pushed me to be um, something that maybe I wasn't before. Um, so yeah, it, it helped quite a bit. I mean, when you were coming through the academy, the, the options were limited because it's like if, if you didn't make it with one of the MLS teams, you had to go overseas, whether that was the US or to Europe. I mean, did you ever foresee or did you think there would be a league that the likes of you or your brother or all these other guys would have that you could then come and play in? No, honestly, I didn't. I didn't even, you know, knowing that there was already three MLS teams kind of in the major cities around Canada, I felt like... um it honestly didn't even cross my mind. Um, so yeah, like you said, my options, you know, were to continue on, you know, trying to bounce around maybe the USL, um, maybe go, I I was contemplating school as well. Mm. Um, maybe going to UBC, maybe, um, UBC SFU, one of those schools, um, or like, yeah, going to Europe and, and kind of bouncing around out there as well. It's obviously, a lot tougher choice to take that step to go to Europe. And I feel like it was something that I contemplated quite a bit. Um, but at the end of the day, I, uh, you know, I did what I thought was right. And, you know, coming back after 
and you know James Merriman coming up to me and and introducing me to the idea of the of the CPL was something that I I couldn't really fathom at the time. I I didn't believe that there could be a league here, um, at least with with this amount of quality that we've seen over the last five years. So, um, yeah, it was it was definitely a shock to me. I, it it had never crossed my mind, but I'm glad that uh, that it's here now. Obviously, so. I mean, when when did you know? that you had what it took to, to be a professional footballer or when did you know that you wanted to be a professional footballer? Um, I wanted to be one, obviously, from a young age when I kind of entered into the residency program. Um, I felt like the possibility was there. Um, and then, you know, all the way through the residency, obviously getting uh, training with the, with the WSC2 when it first uh, started. Um, and obviously, Alan... Um, had a lot of confidence in me to to give me a contract at you know 15 turning 16 was something really special and and you, you can never really know when it's going to happen you have kind of an inclination but um, just the fact that that it happened was is something really special to me um, so um, yeah at the time I, I didn't didn't really think too much of it obviously it's a big deal but uh, when you're growing up in an, in an environment like the Whitecaps Academy, then you kind of always have that in the back of your mind where, where you're, you're, you're a part of a professional club. And it, as long as you continue to perform and develop, that you'll just kind of follow the pathway. So that's kind of, I never really had a, a single moment where I was like, oh, I feel like I'm really close to being a professional footballer. It was kind of gradual through that whole process. If we talk about special times, 2021 winning a championship with Pacific I mean playing under Pa who I I just adore Pa like when he was with the Whitecaps I loved chatting to him you obviously knew him from WFC2 and Whitecaps days but looking back on that season do you still get goosebumps thinking about it and lifting the trophy yeah I do and and it's tough every year after to see you know Forge or whoever wins it this yeah. year to, to lift it because it's, it's such a special intimate moment. Um, but yeah, just, just everything around that group at the time was, was special. Obviously we didn't have a great end of the season that year. Uh, we started off really well, but um, kind of dipped in form towards the end of the season. And then, you know, a tough match in, in Cal Calgary, um, you know, the pitch was frozen <laughs> playing 120 minutes to score in the last 15. And um, even that moment itself was special. I remember after after the game, just sit, sitting in the locker room and just I was zoned out, just breathing and um, realizing that, that, you know, we have an opportunity here. And obviously approaching in that final game, we had never beaten Forge as well. Um, I think we were 0-8 mm. or 0-whatever how many draws, how many losses, but we had never won. And getting through that first half, nil-nil, there was a real belief in the locker room that, you know what, if we get an opportunity to kind of go for this and we take it, you know, it, it could be ours. And I just remember when that final whistle blew, it was nothing I'd ever experienced before. Obviously, we, I was, t I was saying before about WSC2 that, when we got to the Eastern Conference Final or the Western Conference Final, oh, sorry, yeah. uh, was another um, moment. But again, we weren't close mm. to 
to that final. We, we were close, but we weren't close in that game. Um, but yeah, winning winning a, my first title was something super special to me. Something that I'll never forget. Then after that season, of course, you you got the move to TFC, which I was both delighted for you and disappointed because it's obviously Toronto. But it's like it was great to see you finally getting that MLS deal. How did that kind of change you? And like, did you find the move up quite smooth? And has it given you a bit of a taste for for more, really? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like um, the first half of the season, I'd say, was quite smooth in transition. Obviously, it, I was playing a role that I, I hadn't had much in my career. Um, you know, I, I wasn't a consistent starter, um, only through injury, really. But I had never kind of been in that position in my career where I was really fighting to to you know make my mark on the team and obviously a lot of injuries um bad fortune a couple guys uh get back from injuries while i'm out um and mm. perform well and then obviously richie get coming back on loan halfway through the season um all these things were were testing me mentally i had never gone through something like that in my career and uh you know i learned a lot about uh dealing with these things and and still continuing to train and perform well um in the face of all this adversity and um obviously i'm i'm super grateful for for the experience um i definitely felt like it was short-lived but it's now pushing me to kind of get back because i, I know that in the in the games that I did play, I felt like I held my own and I did well. Um, and I would I would definitely love another go. How did the the move to Vancouver FC come about then? Like, when did you know that they were interested? And was it like a quick decision on your part? Yep, I want to do this. Want to go home? Or did you really have to kind of weigh things up? Yeah, I thought about um, you know having. A, trying it out another year at TFC and trying to uh, implement myself. Um, but obviously that's a two-way street as well. Um, I think that the coaching staff had already made their mind up. Um, and Rob had approached me. Uh, I went to watch a, a Pacific Forge game uh, towards the end of last season uh, and had a quick chat with them after about the project. Um, and, uh, you know, Obviously, it's something that's intriguing to me because it's it's a club in my hometown. I thought that, um, you know, uh, Pacific was a good, at the time, was a good spot for me. It was the closest thing I had to home. But, um, you know, being back in Vancouver was something that was really intriguing to me. Obviously, talking with my agent, you know, the move was um, potentially go to USL, potentially come back to the CPL and... You know, I thought that if I came back to the CPL, there was really no other team that I'd be interested in joining except, you know, Vancouver. And I thought that um, a fresh start uh, kind of for me and the club was something that I'd, I'd really enjoy. And, you know, I, I don't have any regrets about that decision at all. I feel like it's a great club. I feel like the supporters and and the staff that, that we have on board here has been nothing but uh, amazing uh, through an up and down season. And, and I just want to continue to kind of build through that. Aiden, uh, you, you made the move uh, 
in, during preseason into the beginning of the season from right back to midfield. How did that transition come about and how did that go for you? Or how did you feel about it? Yeah, uh, Afshin came up to me and uh, I think it was our, towards our last couple of weeks of preseason and he and he mentioned to me that our squad, you know, he felt that there were certain pieces missing and that the midfield was something that he wanted to kind of strengthen. He felt like um, with Ibra being able to play right back as well that, um, you know, with my technical ability and how I kind of see the game, it would make sense for me um, for a certain amount of time to to kind of step up and play there. Um, I hadn't really played there before, um, but I feel like over the, the first few weeks of playing there, I kind of got it, got used to it and kind of got a feel for it. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, it, it's, it's a position that I can play now, and I feel like it's something that adds more versatility to my game. Um, but... Yeah, I think it was it was at the time it was for numbers. It was for what we kind of needed positionally. Um, but I enjoyed it. I felt like it was is something that um, I was excited to try. And uh, yeah, I, I it's something that I can play now, so it can do nothing but help me. As you look towards twenty twenty four, what uh, what excites you about Vancouver FC? Uh, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, just how we finished this season. Um, there was so much positives and I could see so much of that passion that we had, even though we were in a position that wasn't favorable for us. And I feel like if we can start to carry that into next season, obviously add a few pieces, get, a, get another good preseason under our belts and kind of iron out some things that we need to work on. Um, I, I'm, I'm super excited. And, um, you know, obviously we were the first kind of expansion team not to, to finish at the bottom of the table. And you can see how how other some of those other teams kind of progressed as well in their second year. So I feel like we have a lot to build on, and obviously a lot to be excited for. But I feel like this group is is something really special that um, that we finish the season with, and and something that hopefully uh, we'll carry into next season. Cool. Well, one question about your time at Kaiserslautern. You talked about the the playing the playing stuff and, and developing and whatever, but culturally, what was it like uh, going going to Germany, going to the Palatinate there, and, and going to Kaiserslautern in terms of the club, the culture, the stadium? I know you, you guys didn't play in, in the Fritz Walter Stadion, right? You you played in a different ground, right? We we played some games in there. We oh, had okay. we had the game, so that was pretty special. But yeah, no, um, uh, just the footballing culture over there is is so special. Obviously, it's hundreds of years of of creating this and um I, I really got a taste of how serious it is obviously I was playing with the reserve squad and there were guys that wouldn't even talk to me because they were because I, we were fighting for the same position like that's how serious it is over there and you know I, I love Europe I love the cultures I love different you know different types of cities obviously K-Town is a is a smaller city but beautiful nonetheless Fritz Walter is is a, an ama- amazing stadium obviously you've seen it in the, the 06 World Cup and um the 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 history around that club especially as well is is something really special so being a part of that and kind of learning what it really takes to to make it over there and what what's required of you is something that the time I didn't know about you know coming from um WFC2 and and uh, you know, kind of having that super comfortable environment to now going to a place where 
um, you know, no one, no one's going to give you the time of day. You have to go out there and grab it is something that really kind of, I feel like it level, it advanced the level of, of myself as a player. And, um, you know, over time, obviously, then you get more comfortable with the guys and, and you start, you know, playing good football. I think that I came, came in November for trial, stayed for the month, and then I rejoined them in their preseason in January. And I think we went undefeated for the second half of the season. So it was being a part of that was, was definitely really special and it made me a much better player. It kind of matured me real quick. Um, but, you know, it's probably the the biggest part of my career, I'd say, in, in terms of taking that next jump. Cool. Fantastic. Thanks for your time today, Caden. It's been a pleasure catching up again. Yeah, it's been, I know it wasn't maybe the season you hoped for, yeah. Looking forward to seeing you on the pitch next year and have a have a good time off. Yeah, I think you've earned it. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Caden Chung there just chatting about his career so far and... Zach, when when Caden signed for Vancouver FC this season, I think there was a lot of hope as to what he could do with the team. And we got a look in pre-season. He started off in his familiar fullback role before making that kind of wing-back switch, almost like central midfielder in some of the pre-season games as well. And mm-hmm. I think we're all quite excited to see what that was going to bring, but ultimately derailed just a few games into the season with, with that injury. But he came back and looked good, and he's certainly going to be a, a key piece for Afshin Gopi and Vancouver FC next season. Yeah, uh, I remember, I think it was doing Athletic Field, seeing him line up at right back, and I was like, okay, yeah, this is what we brought him here to do. And then as things progressed in the, the preseason, we saw, okay, yeah, he he's now playing in midfield, sometimes further up to the right side of the pitch and then yeah central centrally mm. or as a central three or whatever he looked decent as well albeit yeah. pre-season yeah. friendlies against lower league opposition but still yeah. and it was all i think we i don't know how much we talked about this at the time it was all necessitated by the fact that vancouver fc had a, a player uh from africa lined up to come in as a central midfielder who couldn't get a visa essentially <laughs> Uh, couldn't get a working visa in Canada, so. What player from Vancouver not being able to get a work visa? <laughs> Seriously, yeah, yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. I asked about getting better lawyers, and apparently that would not help. No, I t- we've mentioned that to the White Caps and several <laughs> times as well. It's just Canadian red tape. Um, because they actually, because they actually, like my understanding is they actually had a contract with this player, so they had to they mutually agreed to rip it up or whatever. It's, is I think is I think what ended up happening because it was yeah because of the situation. But uh, so then Caden was playing a different role. Uh, I I I don't disagree with Ashton for you know the way, the way he analyzed the situation. Said hey we need someone in the middle of the park that can be good in possession that can also win the ball and that Caden has attributes uh, uh, and, and distribution attributes obviously as well who that you know that he was he was the person that was chosen to kind of help fill this much needed gap and um i i didn't like i didn't love it i didn't like hate it but i was just like obviously it was concerning i guess is the best way to talk about it 
Uh, no, I just I appreciate. I have a lot of time for Caden Chung. His attitude, his approach, and I thought when he did come back into the team, he slowly but surely showed why he was such a key signing in the first place. And I think when we've talked in previous weeks about the hope that 2024 has, I think uh, a, a significant or a portion of that hope is is uh, based on Caden Chung having a, a full healthy season where he's you know, in the starting 11, you know, virtually every match and, and contributing the ways that we know he can. Yeah, hopefully he can stay healthy. He, he he had an injury before, a calf injury that ruled him out for a bit and then he's had that this year. Hopefully 2024, fresh start and he's going to be up and running because VFC need him. Yeah. And yeah, see where, where it takes him in his career. He's already got one CPL championship to his name and he'd love another one now with his hometown team so we spoke a lot to Caden there about his career so far and what is to come let's find out what a Caden Chung family Christmas is like what what is Christmas like in the in the Chung family what would be your typical Christmas it's it's a little hectic honestly we have a birthday on the 23rd. We do a big Christmas Eve dinner on the 24th. Another big Christmas dinner on the 25th. And then another birthday on the 28th. Oh. So a lot of festivities, um, a lot of getting together and just enjoying quality time with the family. But by the end of it, I think we're a little sick of each other. <laughs> <laughs> if you could get one football-related gift under the Christmas tree this year, what would it be? a good question um ooh, i would i would love a new set of shin guards <laughs> that's a nice yeah, cheap option that's, <laughs> that's awesome yeah i'm pretty easy to, to get gifts for i like anything but yeah and I, I definitely need a new pair oh see if i can sort that out for you <laughs> Caden Chung, family Christmas, sounds fun. Maybe we'll go around to see if there's any leftovers for us. But we wish all the Chung family a very Merry Christmas. It's been a pleasure watching Caden over the years, see him develop and coming through, and then having the chance to watch and commentate on Logan as well, at UBC as well. Have a great Christmas and all the best for 2024. So that is it for this part. We have one more part to go in our Christmas special for 2023 and we're going to kick it off with number four in our festive 15 and we'll be back with that after this. Hi I'm Ryan Gold and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
never be the same again But will they ever be the same Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show 2023 Christmas Special. It's the final part and kicking it off was number four in our festive 15 for the year. A band from Fife. A band that does the theme song for my East Fife podcast. Mm. A band that includes my good friend Doug Perry and Ewan Masson. They're called Got Got Need. This was a track from their debut EP, Filtered Smiles. That was Invincible. Brilliant band name, that's for sure. Yes. Well, they're all big football fans, so it's worth going for it. Genuinely love the song, not just because they are friends of mine as well, but check out their stuff on Bandcamp, all the usual places. They've got a new single coming out in January. Add it to your playlist now, and you'll get it when it drops. In this part... We're going to talk a little bit of football, Canadian national team. We're going to hear from some of the players' management as well, play another game, and just bid our fond farewell. So, if you are a subscriber to our extra podcast, you'll have heard us chatting about the Canadian Players of the Year on the male and women's side. And we brought you the press conference from Jesse Fleming mm-hmm. and Stefan Astakio as well. Zach and me gave our thoughts on that. Har. What what was your thoughts on Jesse Fleming winning the the women's Canadian Player of the Year? Well, I didn't vote for her, so I didn't think she was. Did she make your top three? No. Wait, really? Top four? Me me neither. We were only asked to do top three, Zach. No, but in your personal top four. Why would I do a personal top four? (laughs) I'm I'm asking. Like, she was she was tied for third, I think, in mine. That was Michael. I think is that right? Yeah, well, I've been possibly gone fourth. Yeah, no, no, she had, she was tied for third in mine. That was it. Hmm. Well, for Adriana Leon for number one. Really? Oh, really? No, Ashley she Lawrence. Sc- she scores goals. She scored um, in Australia. She scored here in in Langford. I think she's been consistent. Hmm. We've had a lot of changes on offense. A lot of players coming in and out and I think she's just been consistent throughout the year for the national team I weighed heavier on what happens with the national team as opposed to club teams so I know some voters have different preferences but yeah that's what I did. Who are your number two and number three? I had Lawrence and Vanessa Giles. Yeah. I still think Vanessa's quite underrated and doesn't get enough credit. I, I highly rated the club form and contributions so I went Chloe Lacasse yeah, good and then, choice. And then Ashley Lawrence, and then I had Jill and Fleming tied for third kind of thing. Well, 
we, we played you, as I mentioned, the press conference on our extra podcast with Jesse and Stefan. I cut out my questions from that, though, because I wanted to save it for the Christmas special. Because I wanted to just ask Jesse and Stefan about their year, about the, the busy <gasps> year that they've had. Where are they going to get a break now for the Christmas period? Jesse isn't playing any games over the Christmas period. Stefan is. So what, what is Christmas going to be like for them this year? Let's find out. So just a question for both of you. You're right in the middle of very busy seasons. You're both playing for club teams that are battling for championships. You're both involved in Champions League. That's all going to be a a number of games for for next year. Then there's a busy international calendar as well in 2024. When you look at the amount of games that you're playing just now, do do you feel it's too many games right now? How do you manage to to keep your bodies in in top shape to be able to, to play at the highest level? And is it getting more and more difficult? And maybe start with with Jesse. You've got Christmas off. You've got the the winter break. Does that allow you to to get home and get a little bit of a chance to to unwind and and enjoy Christmas a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually able to go home over Christmas for two weeks, so um, I think it's really nice that we get a mental reset. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think there's been a lot of talk about the busy calendar this year especially in the women's game and just how it's changed over recent years but um you know I think it's a blessing and a a curse um yeah I feel really lucky to get to play so many games for club and country um and I think to be competing for so many trophies it's it's a really lucky place to be in um I think in terms of yeah just maintaining physical health and fitness um yeah I think it's a very individualized approach and um, we all have, you know, different strategies and needs. And I think Chelsea and Canada are both very accommodating of, you know, what I need as an individual and the same goes for Keisha and Ash and all the rest of our players at their own club. So I think it's, it's very individual. And of course you have times during the year when, you know, you feel tired or a bit fatigued, but I think when you turn it around, there's always a game um, or a week that it's very easy to get motivated for. And um, yeah, it's not difficult to find motivation in what we do. So yeah, I think there's times when it can feel like a lot, but I also feel quite lucky lucky to have such a busy calendar and um, yeah, feel really motivated right now. Uh, in my opinion, I think it's, it's just too much, too many games. Um, obviously we play, through the winter, and as you, as you saw last last uh, last summer, we had Nations League final, and then immediately we had a Gold Cup. Um, and then when the Gold Cup finished, uh, it was preseason, so there's a lot of games, a lot of training sessions, uh, a lot of minutes in our legs. Um, obviously, we have our personal lives. Um, I'm about to be a father. Uh, probably in 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 April, and you know it's 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 that time where the decisions come with the Trinidad Tobago game, uh, a final, the championship final, and then if we go to Copa America, um, I don't know how I'm gonna spend time with my family at that time. But I mean, it is what it is. Um, I said it before. Uh, I'm I'm young, and I'm trying to I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to be present in every moment. Um, 
but it's it's a very hard calendar uh, to be honest so Stefan you're obviously playing a game between Christmas and New Year but what what's Christmas like for you over in Portugal what what's Christmas like in the uh, Stacchio household <laughs> yeah we have a game on the 23rd um, and then we'll probably have a recovery session on the 24th we'll probably have the 25 off and then 26 in the morning we're probably gonna train because we have a game on the 29th so yeah we're gonna have the 25 off um, the family's gonna come home and it's probably just that day that's all we have that's enough to be honest that's enough Jesse Fleming, Stefan Estacchio there, just chatting about their busy year and the Christmas period. Wish them both a very Merry Christmas. It's time now, though, for the last round of our 20 questions game. Zach is in the lead by a point over Har. I'm going to kick this round off with Har. And the player in question this time is a Canadian national team player. And Har, I have got your player up on the screen just now. The the criteria for this, for Hart and Zach and just everyone listening, is it has to be a player that's played for the Canadian men's national team or the women's national team in 2023. You might want that to even be one of your questions. So we'll kick things off with Har. Your questions can begin just now. Does this player play on the Canadian women's national team? Yes. Is this player a striker? No. Is it a midfielder on the women's team? No. Is this player a goalkeeper? No. Is it Vanessa Giles? No. Is it Kadisha Buchanan? No. Is it Ashley Lawrence? No. You suck. <laughs> Is it Alicia Chapman? No. Is it Jade Revere? No. Is it Jade Rose? Yes. Nice. This game is crap. Very well done. I picked a hard one for you because you got Brian White so early, early on. It's because I'm really good at this game. <laughs> so that is 11 points to Har, giving her a finishing total of 37. I should get a bonus, bonus point for just coming on the show. <laughs> Well, but by coming on late, you've made me have to rejig everything and re-edit stuff. So, no. Well, it made it more enjoyable for the listeners. To be honest, it will have, because we were saying it's not good just with two people for the Christmas special. Okay, mm. hurry so, up, Zach. Go, yeah, go Zach. I, I guess I'll go next then. We'll get the, the tension building to see if Zach can win it. So, I guess I will try and guess Zach's player. Okay, so, go ahead, Michael. Does this player play on the Canadian men's national team? No. Is this player a striker? No. Is it a goalkeeper? No. Is it a defender? Yes. Is it Ashley Lawrence? No. Is it Kadisha Buchanan? No. Is it Alicia Chapman? No. Is this deja vu? <laughs> um, is it Vanessa Gilles? No. Is it Jade Riviere? 
Yes. No. When you were when you were doing hards there, I was just like, this is brutal. <laughs> I, I was like, he has the same one. And I was like, okay, it's Rose at least. I was like, okay, at least they're different, but well, I got 12 points, so I can't win. Good. So let's just stop the show now. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with our New Year's special. Bye, everybody. Yeah, let me close Another my thing show. here. Oh, that, that's, a, that's a... Give Zach a hard one so I win. Well, I've, I've already got Zach's up on the screen here, and I'm not okay. changing it. Give him that okay. Morris kid. Morris kid. Give him the Morris kid. I mean, it... I I I think this is a hard one, but we'll see. So I'm sure Zach... we'll I told you already, Michael. I'm not going to win this thing. Okay, so so you ready? Yep. Uh, does this player play for the Canadian women's national team? Yes. I can't believe we all went for three female players. Is it? Is this player a striker? No. Is this player a midfielder? Yes. Thankfully, we don't have to list every single defender again. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I don't know. I forget some of the names of these players. Too bad. Yeah, Start that's guessing. why I'm quite glad Har had listed every single defender before I had to get round it because I would never have got Jade Riviere in a did, million years. Did she? Did she make her? Did she play in her first World Cup this year for Canada? Yes. If I if I describe her kid. Oh, I don't I know, know her name. I forget her name. Okay, okay, wait. Um, did she steal? Did she play? Did she play in the? Oh no, she didn't play in the World Cup. Okay, I forget her name. Did I sit next to her family on the airplane? I have absolutely no. I don't know who you sat next yeah. to on the airplane. Okay. I told you I sat next to someone's parents. Oh. Okay, okay, is she under twenty years old? No. Oh, okay. Maybe it's not that. Zach player. forfeits. No. What? what? Relax. <laughs> I thought Zach was competitive in these games. Um. No, I hate losing. I don't think anyone's probably made it to this point of the podcast, so we're okay. Okay, so it's not her. It's not her. It's not her. Just count his guesses. No, uh, it's not her. She played in her first World Cup. That's the one who I thought it was. Um, does she play her club football in Europe? Yes. No, sure. I'm going to message you on the chat, Michael. Okay. She's over 20. Yeah. See, I thought it was that young, really like young 18-year-old. Oh, I almost missed Zach. Sorry. <laughs> Good. Is it? Um, you go, oh, thanks. I wish I could have the list of players up in front of me. No cheating. You, if you get it in four more guesses, you've won. If you get it in five, I know how you're not right. But I'm going to win. Is she a central midfielder, Michael? Yes. I can't remember the names of some of these players now. It's brutal. First World Cup. I thought that would. I thought they'd give it to me. I thought it was that young, young, young player. You thought it was who has messaged me. Probably, yeah. Possibly, but it's not. not. Say these things. Uh, okay. D does she play her club football in England? No. Does she play her club football in France? No. So if you guess now, you've won. Yeah, I have done won. for. Done for. She's not in France. She's on. 
But she's in Europe, I already said, right? So yep. start the bus. Um, you can still tie. Like I can't remember the names, Michael. So like, I'm not going to be able to get this. <laughs> Just throw a random name, preferably a defender. Yeah. See, I. It's. Uh... We'll be editing this oh, in the podcast. Oh oh, oh! 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 Oh no! If he gets no, this, he's one. It's not Julia Grosso. It is Julia Grosso! <laughs> oh, I hate this game. <laughs> and I've probably just woken Caitlin up at 1.35 in the morning by yelling, I am so sorry. Oh, man. Rigged. The game is rigged. 38 points to Zach, 37 to Har, 31 to me. What about my bonus point? For what? Turning up? Yeah. What about yeah. my bonus point for, for turning up? You're what about my bonus show. point for having to edit this for ten hours? Turn up for what? Dude, you, dude, you had me. You had me because I, yeah. Who's the young player I was thinking of? Har Smith or Olivia yeah. Smith? That's who Har yeah. guessed. That's is who, that I who you, it was. Is that who you sat beside on the flight? Her parents. Her dad. Oh wow! I thought really? I thought it was her. Yeah. But then when you said nice. she's over twenty, I was just like, it's not her because she's under very nice family. Yeah. So we've not got much of this show to go. I hope you enjoyed playing along at home. Let us know if you Keep did going. better than any of us. Let me know if you played the game properly. And like, Michael, it might have seemed like that went quicker than it did because Michael probably headed out with the dead. Yeah, it did th- not. this all have it's gone like, so quick in, in the podcast. Like 20 minutes at least. Yeah. I should have put a time limit on time between questions. But we'll do that mm-hmm. next year. But anyway, that was players who were at the World Cup this year in Australia for Canada. The person leading the helm for Canada at the World Cup, of course, was Bev Priestman. I wonder what her Christmas period is going to be like. Will she finally get some time off? Let's find out. You've had a busy year and you've talked about how it's been a tough time. Do you get a chance to switch off really? Like what's the coming weeks going to be like? Yeah, mm. just switch off for Christmas? Yeah, so I'm actually heading, at the teams like a lot of places, I'm going to Zurich for a FIFA coach mentorship. I'll get to touch base with some other head coaches. Caelan Sheridan gets married in New York and then I'm heading to Europe to, to get some time off and I've told my staff now December, I think everybody has gone above and beyond. You look at the amount of injuries, my medical staff, sports science, it's been a long tough year and I'm super, super proud of the players, the staff in their commitment to, to put this team where they need to be. So absolutely December will be a month where there'll be a bit of a refresh, ready to hit the ground running in January. Bev Priestman getting a deserved break at Christmas. That's pretty much it for this show. We've got this episode's wavelength to bring you. And I'm bringing you a Christmas-themed football song. It's a cover version from a classic. Half Man, Half Biscuit. In 1989, they released All I Want for Christmas is a Dukla Praga Wake It. It was covered by favourites here at AFTN, Armchair Loyal, in their 2021 album. All you need is in love. Let's hear it just now. There was one in a gang who had a scale electrics, and because of that, he thought he was better than you. Every day after school, you'd go round there to play it. 
hoping to compete for some kind of championship but it always took about 15 billion hours to set the track up and even when you did the thing never seemed to work it was a dodgy transformer again and again it was a dodgy transformer again and again it was a dodgy blue mask again and again a dodgy transformer that cost £3.10 So we send his doting mother up the stairs with the stepladders to get the Subutio out of the loft he had all the accessories required for that big match atmosphere The crowd and the dugout and the floodlights too You'd always get palmed off with a headless centre forward And a goalkeeper with no arms and a face like his Club Prague awake it because his uncle owned a sports shop and he kept it to one side. After only five minutes, you'd be down to ten men because he sent off your right back for taking the base from under his left winger. Come to half time, you were losing 4 0. Each and every goal, a hotly disputed penalty. So you smash up the floodlights and the game was abandoned and the dog would bark and you'd be banned from his house. And your travelling army of synthetic supporters would be taken away from you and thrown in the bin. Now he's working in a job with the future. He hands me my gyro every two weeks. And me, I'm on the lookout for a proper transformer. Armchair loyal there. All I want for Christmas is a Duke Club Prague away kit, a cover from the Half Man Half Biscuit classic. I still would love a, a Duke Club Prague away kit. Maybe I'll find that in my stocking this year. I didn't ask you at the start, so we'll end by asking you this. What would be your dream presents this year? Let's start with her. What would be your ideal Christmas present and or what would be your ideal football related Christmas present this year? I'll have to get back to you on that. I need oh. to make a lot of thought into that decision. Okay. Let's go to Zach. <laughs> Har looks like she's falling asleep in the couch here. Har, I think that's minus one point for not, not answering Michael's question. <laughs> well, she's lost I'm, anyway. It's fine. Um, i trying Zach, to find what, this really nice book for Michael. I'm trying to find him a book because he really loves to read. So I really want to help him out with oh, yeah. a special she's, book. She's trying to find that Body in the False Creek book that I tweeted <laughs> She's not been able to find it. Um, I, uh, I'm i not expecting much because we are kind of... Our trip to California this year was kind of like our big thing this year. So the tree will have a few less things under it than normal, I think. And and also, I said to my wife in whatever it was, November, October, whatever it was, I was like, hey, uh, can I go to Victoria for the weekend to watch the Canadian Women's oh, National yeah. Team play? I remember that. 
Yeah, so that was also, I think... That was your Christmas. That was more like a Christmas Eve. Of course, you'll um, be going back it, over to watch the Whitecaps and Cavalry as well. No, unfortunately, Michael, as I've texted you, I'm working. No, I know. Days. Those are Wednesdays, so I'm definitely working. Well, I guess, what, a, a dream football present? There's some... There's some Byron stuff I would uh, always love to get, or some even some the Vancouver FC. I went to the I went to the fan shop for the first time today. I've never been inside the fan shop. Well, you're the only one inside the shop. Uh, no, there was the person working there and my son. Were they? <laughs> <laughs> but it was like right. It was right before it closed. It was. Oh, like, have they got the kits at half price yet? No, but they're cheaper. Although Caitlin, if you're listening, as in Vancouver FC, Caitlin, too many Caitlins. Um, if there's a, I'm still looking for my free even Mejia. Jersey, if you want to send that along to me. Oh, there you go. No, they're they're down. I think they're regularly one twenty, and right now they're like I think eighty four. I'm hoping my dream is that there's maybe a pair of Taylor Swift tickets in my stocking this year. So you can sell them. The Canada gear, it's Nike, and I just can't. I've seen like clear and stuff. I'm like, I can't buy this. I don't know. I just don't I, like Nike. I still would like my Super Furry Animals Cardiff City top that the guy keeps relisting on eBay at three hundred ninety five pounds. Oh, which might know. be an insight that it's too much. Yeah. Um, or the other top, but there's, there's three tops I really, really want, and that's one of them. The other one is I never got a White Caps or Beauty's Brown top, oh. and I really do, would love one of those. If anyone is wants to get rid of like a medium one or something, getting. I was going to say I have I have some, but they're like double or probably single or double XL, and they probably wouldn't fit you. Me and Caitlin could get in it together. It could be a. It went crazy. off eBay ebay I've, i check ebay a lot and Amazon. the other one is i'd like that blue canadian one that they brought out the retro one oh that's a good one i should have got I that, that at the one. time yeah i think that was over, but i should have got that one Har, any final thoughts from you before we wrap this one up thank you for joining us on our christmas special it's 1 40 a.m christmas eve morning yeah thanks a lot what's wrong with you you just messaged me and i said oh we're recording the show and you said oh send me the long. zoom link it didn't know it'd be this long. I said it'd be two hours. I, yeah, you, you see the podcast timelines, right? right? <laughs> I thought you started at 11. Caitlin says that to me all the time, though, Har, so it's fine. Uh, I just want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever people are celebrating. Hope they're having a great holiday season with their family and their friends and loved one and enjoying football games, enjoying, just, enjoying this podcast and just having a, a great uh, end the year and a Christmas and a holiday season with everyone. So yeah, probably going to take them to next Christmas to get through this one. The length it's been. <laughs> I, I don't know about enjoying football. I watched East Fife on Friday night and it was pure and utter pish. Oh yeah, they got beat I... three 0 F- Fun fact: my friend Lee, who I do the East Fife podcast with, um, mm-hmm. is the commercial manager at East Fife. He arranged a surprise Q and A with the manager for after the game, thinking we were going to win. It was abruptly cancelled. Oh my. Bad night at Bayview, eh? Yeah. Zach, like final this. thoughts from you? I, I, first off, I like that. I liked how there's people who liked your tweet about about that. About how bad yes. <laughs> I'll say who liked it. Dario Zanata. <laughs> Dario Scott. Who's Scotland's... playing the Hamilton over in Scotland at the moment. Has yeah. to be a target for Vancouver FC. Let's I'll, hope. I'll put that out there now. That's my bold prediction for this episode. I would, I would be very happy if Dario came back and played for Vancouver FC. Um, yeah, for me, same as hard. Uh, just good to be on the show, Michael. Good to chat football with you, um, as usual. And um, yeah, uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas to everyone. I assume we're going to be talking before the new year rings in, so I'll save the new year's wish- wishes till then. Yep, we'll be doing uh, Har- our new Har- year. Har- Har- says she's not going to be here for that. <laughs> she's shaking her head. It's too um, long. 
I might get hard to do a little special bit for the New Year's show, though, after we do this. But we'll Is see. it a quiz? No. No, you're never coming to a quiz again. That's you want... fine. Um, but no, it's been a it's been a, a good good December, and uh, yeah, I hope everyone's having a has a good safe uh, holiday season, whether they have a little bit of time off or a lot of time off. Yeah, I hope they have a a, a good time. Thanks everyone for listening to our nonsense. Thank you for listening to us all year. We've got another episode coming out next weekend. It's our New Year special. Until then, hope you all have a fantastic Christmas. Echo the thoughts of Har and Zach. There, we'll leave you as we always do on our Christmas specials, a song from Scottish band Glass Vegas, lead singer James Allen. He played for East Fife, don't you know? This is from their Christmas album, A Snowflake Fell and It Felt Like a Kiss from 2008, and this is their version of Silent Night. time of the whole year. You walk down the streets even for weeks before Christmas comes. And there's lights hanging up, green ones and red ones. Sometimes there's snow and everybody's hustling someplace. But they don't hustle around Christmas time like they usually do. You know, they're a little more friendly. They bump into you, they laugh and they say, pardon me and Merry Christmas. Especially when it gets real close to Christmas night. Everybody's walking home. You can hardly hear a sound. Bells are ringing. Kids are singing. Snow is coming down. And boy, what a pleasure it is to think that you got some place to go to. And the place that you're going to has somebody in it that, that you really love. <laughs>
happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night.